welcome to the LA Public Health Podcast for Monday, May 17th, 2021. I'm Steve Baldwin, and today's show includes comments from LA County Board of Supervisors Chair Hilda Solis, followed by an update on COVID-19 led by Dr. Barbara Ferrer, Director of the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. To keep up with the latest updates and guidelines for slowing the spread of COVID-19, you can follow us across all social media at LA Public Health or visit our website, publichealth.lacounty.gov. And now, here's Supervisor Solis. Yes, thank you so much and good good uh, Monday afternoon to all of you. I want to thank you all for joining us today. Um, I just want to go over some brief uh, items. Um, as you know, after you're providing warnings and updates, these last few months of reopenings have been a refreshing change of pace for all of us. And with the CDC's announcement just last week, we've been given the clearest signal of what it will take to get our lives back on track. And that means getting vaccinated. As you all know, last week, the CDC released updated guidance that fully vaccinated people can resume some activities they did prior to the pandemic without mask or physical distancing. But however, just this morning, the state of California announced that California would hold off on implementing these updated mask recommendations until June the 15th to give us some more time to make sure that more people are protected and there is clear guidance for businesses and also to protect our workers. And at least until June 15th, businesses and workplaces will continue to adhere to California's existing mask guidance. This, I believe, gives us time to make sure we do this responsibly. And I know that you're gonna hear further from Dr. Barbara Ferrer, who will share more information about this. We must make sure that we continue to protect those who have not yet gotten a chance to get vaccinated or waiting to be fully vaccinated. And although we have made great progress in our vaccination efforts here in LA County, 43% of people 16 and above are fully vaccinated. That means that over half of our eligible adult population remains vulnerable. And there are some areas where less than half the residents have gotten even one dose. A wide range of areas, including places like Westlake, Echo Park, Compton, West LA, and Antelope Valley. We've also not only just begun vaccinating those that are 12 to 15 years of age. And we have to remember that our children thus far have no protection and they have been completely immune from adverse effects from this virus and can still pass it on. And remember, only the Pfizer vaccine has been approved for those 12 and 15 years of age. For many parents and guardians, please continue having your children wearing masks especially in crowded indoor areas. And for those children who have, have underlying conditions, such as asthma, as an example. This is the clearest signal by far that vaccinations are the key to finally putting this pandemic behind us. And for those who have either held off on getting vaccinated or have not had the opportunity, now is your opportunity. And I strongly recommend you do so before June the 15th. Luckily, it's never been easier to get vaccinated. Did you know that we have well over 700 sites across the county of Los Angeles administering vaccines at a wide variety of different locations? This includes work sites, select metro train stations, parks like Whittier Narrows in South Del Monte, Sunshine Park, even in La Puente. 
At county-run sites with our community clinics and CVS pharmacies, you can walk right up without an appointment and get vaccinated. And we're making it easier than ever. We are hard at work to bring these vaccines directly to where you go, whether that's the park, a metro station, or a grocery store. And we understand that for some, it's not enough that this vaccine is free because it is free. It also has to be convenient. And we have to make great strides in making these vaccines easier than ever before to get to you. So we're, if those of you are still contemplating or still on the fence and are looking for a reason to get vaccinated, look no further than what the CDC announcement have been. These vaccin vaccinations uh, can make sure that we can see our friends sooner, that we can see our families in person, we can go bowling, we can go play outside, we can go to the movies, and we can even go to school. For 15 months, we've, we've not been able to do many of these day-to-day uh, -day activities that, that were such a part of our normal life. And just as important, you're protecting those around you from getting sick and giving the virus less places to go. So I'm pleased to say that nearly 5 million residents have received at least one dose and over 40% of our county's residents are fully vaccinated. Nearly 70% of our county's most vulnerable seniors are vaccinated as well. And as I mentioned earlier, last Thursday, eligibility of the Pfizer vaccine expanded to 12 and 15 year olds. And we've already seen these young people sign up to get vaccinated at schools, at pharmacies, and also other vaccine sites across the county. Although children and teens have been at lower risk than adults to be hospitalized or have severe illness from COVID-19, they can still carry and pass on the virus to more vulnerable adults. With these vaccines, we can give young adults and their families the peace of mind and brings us closer to more normality. After a year of struggle, I do believe this is good news for all of us. Our daily cases and positivity rates are at some of the lowest levels since last year at this time. Our hospitalizations and COVID-related deaths have fortunately all gone down. And in areas where we now know large parts of the workforce have been vac vaccinated, such as amongst our healthcare workers, our nurses, our long-term care facilities, and even our schools, we've seen very few confirmed cases. If you have been on the fence and still have questions, now is the time for you to get vaccinated. And please make sure you contact your healthcare provider, or if you don't have a healthcare provider, please feel free to call us at 211 so you can get hooked up and get the medical advice that you need. Let's do our part to get vaccinated and reach out to all of our loved ones, and let's do it before June 15th. Again, with that, just want to remind you, we have a ways to go, but let's do it together. Thank you again, and now I'd like to turn it over to Dr. Barbara Ferrer, who will provide us with her update on public health. Oh, thank you so much, Supervisor Solis, and good afternoon, everyone, and thanks to the entire Board of Supervisors. The progress we continue to make in vaccinating and protecting the residents of LA County is in large part due to your tireless advocacy, and the results of your hard work are evident in these consistently low case numbers and rising vaccination numbers. Today, I'll share updates on COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations, and deaths, an update on our efforts to get the vaccine out to LA County workplaces, 
I'll also be sharing information about how we're engaging healthcare providers and other partners countywide, including teens themselves, in our efforts to vaccinate children between the ages of 12 and 17 across the county. I'll also obviously provide an update in the masking guidance for LA County that will be aligned with the state. I'm gonna start with our daily numbers, which as you know, reflect the delay in weekend reporting. I am sad to report four additional people have passed away. Two people who died are over the age of 80 and both had underlying health conditions. And two people who died were between the ages of 65 and 79, and they also had underlying health conditions. This does bring the total number of deaths to 24,097 across our county. As always, we extend our love and prayers to everyone who's lost loved ones during this tragedy. And we're hopeful that even as we collectively mourn these great losses, deaths will continue to remain very low in the weeks ahead. We're also reporting 161 new cases today, which brings the total number of cases in LA County to 1,237,561. These cases do include 53,223 cases reported by our partners in the city of Long Beach and 11,268 cases reported by the city of Pasadena. There are 322 people currently hospitalized with COVID-19. We've investigated a total of 5,150 residential congregate settings and non-residential settings with at least one confirmed case of COVID-19. Of these, we have 41 ongoing investigations and we've closed 5,109 investigations. To date, more than 6.6 .6 million people have, have, have been tested and had test results reported in LA County. The cumulative positivity rate has decreased uh, to 17% and our daily test positivity rate uh, remains uh, at 4% today. We'll take the next slide. Uh, this graph shows trend lines in cases, hospitalizations, and deaths from March 1st, 2020 through May 9th, 2021. As you can see, case numbers and other metrics continue to remain low and stable. Over the past month, we've actually seen small declines among cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. I'll take the next slide. And while we're relieved by these low numbers, there continues to be COVID-19 transmission in LA County, particularly among those who are not fully vaccinated. For that reason, the state will be keeping current masking guidance as is until June 15th. And we in LA County will do the same. This means that our guidance remains in alignment with the health officer order of May 3rd. It's important to note that the CDC announcement last week was not meant to eliminate current safety modifications at local and state levels. And as we have now heard from CDC, they are acknowledging the importance of maintaining local protections. To prevent increased circulation of variants or virus mutations that result in new variants of concern, it is important to do everything we know how to do to prevent transmission. With almost 56% of LA County residents not yet fully vaccinated and all of our children under 12 not yet able to get vaccinated, masking, distancing, and infection control remain critically important strategies at many sites and at many activities. There is no way to determine on site whether another person is vaccinated or not. We have come this far by taking care of each other. And to end this pandemic, we'll need to remain willing to follow sensible safety modifications 
that make it possible to reduce cases and outbreaks while we increase the number of residents that are fully vaccinated. This does include following sensible masking requirements that, as I noted, remain in place. Knowing that at indoor settings and crowded outdoor places where many may still not be vaccinated uh, are sites that can result in easy virus transmission, LA County will align with the state to continue masking requirements until June 15th for everyone at large indoor and outdoor events, on public transportation, and at all retail and business establishments that are open to the public. Workplaces, as I noted last week, remain under Cal OSHA masking and distancing requirements, which have not yet changed. And for unvaccinated people, masks are still required outdoors anytime distancing cannot be maintained. Masks are still not required for fully vaccinated people at uncrowded outdoor settings and events and during indoor and outdoor visits or gatherings with other fully vaccinated people or with unvaccinated people from one household without any high-risk individuals. For those that are not yet vaccinated, masking and distancing affords significant protection, so we urge this continued mask wearing until you can get vaccinated. For people who are immune compromised, please consult with your clinical team to determine what makes most sense for you. Our health officer order once again remains in effect across the entire county. And we ask that all businesses, residents, and visitors continue to abide by the required safety modifications. We look forward to continuing our low transmission rates that allow for a full reopening in just a few weeks. I'll take the next slide. As we noted last week, we have very high compliance rates with masking, distancing, and infection control safety measures at businesses across the county. And with increasing numbers of vaccinated individuals, we're seeing consistently known low numbers of outbreaks across the variety of occupational sectors. As you can see from this slide, outbreaks at schools and daycares, interim housing, places of worship, correctional settings, food facilities, and in fire stations are all at low and stable levels. The average number of outbreaks across work sites has dropped from almost 200 weekly at a peak during the surge to 24 a week now. This is a decrease of 88%. Next slide. Outbreak levels also have been consistently low recently at healthcare sites, where many of the workers were among the first LA County workers to be vaccinated. Back in January, there were an average of 172 outbreaks a week opened at healthcare sites. That number has now dropped to five outbreaks for the week of May 9th through May 15th. And I'll take the next slide. I also wanna update you on the current overall efforts to vaccinate the residents. I'll take the next slide. To vaccinate the residents in LA County. As of May 14th, we've administered more than 9 million doses of vaccine in the county. Of these, more than 5.3 million were first doses and more than 3.6 million were second doses. As of May 14th, 44% of LA County residents 12 and older have received two doses of the vaccine and 58% have received first doses. We're really thankful for everyone who's made the effort and got vaccinated. And in particular, I wanna thank the many parents and teens that are now showing up to get vaccinated. At our Obregon Park site on Saturday where I was working, there were hundreds of teens that showed up to get their first dose. 
many relieved and some who were scared but determined to get back to doing activities they've missed so much this past year. I know that for some of you, this has been a very hard decision. And I encourage those not yet sure about when and if to get vaccinated to talk to your friends and family who already did get vaccinated. Many of the fears are based on false information circulating widely through social media, including that vaccines are linked to infertility or can make others sick. Neither of these is possible. These vaccines do not affect fertility, nor can someone get sick because you who were vaccinated stood next to them. There's no COVID-19 virus dead or alive in any of these vaccines. Next slide. And while we celebrate everyone who has gotten vaccinated, we've seen a serious decrease in the numbers of folks showing up to get their vaccines. Last week, between May 8th and May 14th, we administered only about 370,000 doses across the entire county network. This is compared to over 530 doses just two weeks earlier, April 24th through April 30th. This obviously does not include the additional doses that are being administered at many pharmacy and clinic sites that are partnering directly with the federal government. Yet they too have reported a significant decline. Next slide. We are paying particular attention to vaccination rates among teens, since this is a newly el eligible group. We're delighted to see a great turnout among teens 12 to 15 years old late last week and over the weekend. As of the end of the day on Friday night, more than almost 16,000 12 to 15 year olds had been vaccinated. And that was just in two days of this group's vaccination eligibility. I myself saw this weekend, as I noted, so many people getting vaccinated. In fact, between Thursday and Sunday, 6,500 teens between the ages of 12 and 15 were vaccinated just at our eight county-run sites. I'm also happy to report that 16 and 17-year-olds have continued to get vaccinated at a decent pace. Over 95,000 teens in this age group, about 38% of all 16 and 17-year-olds countywide have received at least one vaccine. Next slide. You know, our focus, as Supervisor Solis noted, is to making it as easy as possible for eligible LA County residents to get vaccinated. And that eligibility now is for everyone 12 and older. To reach that goal, we're offering vaccines at so many different sites across the county. And you can see on this map, this week there are 755 sites that are offering vaccinations. This includes pharmacies, clinics, community sites, and hospitals. The pale green areas on this map indicate the zip codes that have been the hardest hit by COVID-19, uh, by the COVID-19 pandemic. And you can see that many of our vaccination sites are concentrated in these areas. We do wanna make it extremely easy to get a vaccine if you live in these communities. Currently, you can obtain vaccines at the eight county run sites, all of the LA city run sites, almost every mobile site and many of the community sites without an appointment. And many of these sites are open on weekends and have evening hours. Please check vaccinatelacounty.com to find a site near you where you can go ahead and take advantage of the flexible hours and the fact that you no longer need an appointment. We'll take the next slide. We do continue to support additional mobile vaccination teams uh, that can take vaccines into the neighborhoods to reach people who have limited ability or time 
to get to one of the established vaccination sites. These teams have set up ongoing daily sites to provide vaccines on a walk-in basis at public places such as metro stations, food markets, and parks. On this map, the pale green areas again indicate our hard-hit communities. And the blue markers indicate the 188 sites where our mobile teams will be offering vaccinations this week, which you'll note are once again concentrated in these higher need, harder hit areas. Next slide. Last week, I showed you a link on our website where you can go to request a mobile vaccination unit to come to your workplace or business. That effort has expanded now to connect workplaces needing vaccinations, not only with our mobile units, but also with our other vaccination partners throughout the community. On this new page on our website, you can connect with us or with many supermarket and pharmacy chains across the county to inquire about getting vaccinations out to your site of business, your organization, or to a special event. You can go to this page from our main vaccination hub at vaccinatelacounty.com by just clicking on the pink link that says Find a vaccination provider for your organization on the main page, or you can visit the link that I've noted right here on the slide. Next slide. Many parents are accustomed and comfortable with vaccinating their children at their pediatricians offices, schools, and at community centers, where they often know and trust the healthcare providers they see. Our goal is to help maximize these sites capacity to deliver the COVID vaccine, particularly at this point, the Pfizer vaccine. And as the warmer months arrive, to expand efforts that will allow us to vaccinate teens in the parks, day camps, and other places where they spend their summer days. I do wanna share with you some information about our work in this area. We've been focusing our efforts on the 43 school districts located in the hardest hit communities in the county, including LAUSD. Our strategy has two parts. The first involves organizing school pop-up clinics. Last week, I showed you photos from one of our 60 school sites where pop-up clinics are providing vaccines, not just to teens at schools, but also to people in the surrounding communities. The second part of this strategy involves onboarding existing school-based clinics as COVID vaccine providers. LAUSD is also, as you heard this morning, hoping to send mobile teams to over 200 school sites starting next week. 82% of the 62 existing school-based clinics are in our lowest resource zip codes. About half are on high school campuses and 11% on middle school campuses. Right now, 18 of these 62 sites are already administering COVID vaccine. And at these sites, the capacity ranges from 100 to 500 vaccines every day. I do wanna thank the schools and the healthcare facilities that are holding these vaccine events for all their efforts, trying to keep our children and our community safe. Uh, we are working with the additional school-based clinics so that they too would be able to offer the Pfizer vaccine. Additionally, there are 12 school districts that have licensed school nurses who have expressed interest in providing the vaccine. And we're actively engaging these school districts and onboarding them so that they could provide Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine to students as well as members of their school community. We're also working with the LA County and LA City Parks and Recreation Programs, Boys and Girls Club Alliance, and the YMCA to create partnerships aimed both at allowing families to get educated about the vaccines and also providing vaccination opportunities 
in cooperation with their summer programs. As an example, this week, Heart of LA and Kendron Clinic are collaborating on a vaccination event. GPH members are helping to provide educational activities, including questions and answers on May 29th to help increase access to accurate and timely information about vaccines to this community so families can comfortably make a choice to get vaccinated. We'll continue to make it easy for teens to get their Pfizer vaccine and for other members of their family to go along and get theirs as well if they haven't yet had the time or the inclination to get vaccinated. Next slide. We do know that pediatrician offices are for many parents the preferred place to get children vaccinated. And we've been reaching out to pediatrician offices across LA County to enable as many as possible to be registered with the state and federal systems so that they can provide COVID vaccine. There are 196 federally qualified health centers that already provide vaccinations in LA County's low, low resource hard hit zip codes. And we're assisting additional private practice clinicians to enroll in the state and federal vaccination program. Just this past week, we had 12 medical practices, four urgent care centers, four vaccines for children sites and four mobile vaccine provided providers added to the existing list of approved providers to receive and administer COVID vaccine to teens. We're conducting outreach to 66 additional large pediatric clinics and practices, and we're hoping that once again, by the time we come around to next week, we'll continue adding other practices where parents and children are very comfortable going to get their vaccinations. Next slide. Students themselves are some of our most important influencers in empowering young people to help prevent COVID and educating teams about the vaccine. Our parent and student public health ambassador program is a partnership with LA County school districts to actively engage school communities in each school's prevention effort. As part of this program, 300 parents completed an educational session that covers proven COVID-19 prevention strategies. But we also have now 128 student ambassadors and they work together to create videos on COVID prevention targeted towards elementary, middle school, and high school students. And you can see a few screenshots uh, on this slide. A subgroup of these ambassadors is also working on a new video aimed at encouraging teens to get vaccinated. Uh, all of the ambassadors are really uh, serving their communities already, and we know that they're sharing what they've learned with their friends. These videos will be soon available for you to view on our YouTube channel. Uh, we're excited for you to see these excellent products produced by these talented young people. Uh, and next, uh, don't forget that if your teen is under 18 and they're getting vaccinated, they need your consent. So please either print, I'll go to the next slide, or sign a consent form to send with your teen to the vaccination site or accompany your teen to get their vaccine. Teens also need to present some documentation of their age, school ID card, any other record that documents their birthday. So please have them bring that uh, when they come to get vaccinated. And as a reminder, only the Pfizer vaccine is approved for children. So please go to a site that administers this vaccine. Next slide. You can get information about vaccinating teens online. Uh, visit vaccinatelacounty.com and click before you begin. And you'll see a section that's marked important information for 12 through 17 year olds. You can find some answers to many of your questions here. 
Again, there'll be instructions on how to get to a Pfizer site for your vaccination. I'll take the next slide. In a nationwide survey that was conducted between February and March of this year, parents were asked how likely they were to get their children ages 11 to 18 vaccinated for coronavirus. Among parents who had been vaccinated, 88% of Latinx parents said they were very or somewhat likely to get their teens vaccinated, 81% of Asian parents, 78% of white parents, and 61% of black parents also agreed that they were likely to get their teen vaccinated. And we're glad to see that almost three quarters of parents felt like they were gonna be able to get their teen immunized. But it's important to understand the recency, the reasons for hesitancy among some parents. So when you dig deeper into these survey results, many parents expressing hesitancy indicated that they wanted to wait and see before deciding for sure whether to vaccinate their teens. This survey was conducted over two months ago. We've seen since how much this vaccine has turned the pandemic around, not only in the world beyond America's borders, but in LA County's own businesses, hospitals, and communities, and admits mounting evidence from scientists and researchers about both safety and effectiveness of vaccine, we know that now may be the time for people to go ahead and put aside uh, the wait and see and take the time to go get vaccinated. Take the next slide. Uh, given that COVID vaccines are relatively new and we get a lot of questions, reasonable questions from folks about the evidence, we do continue to review all of the recent studies that assess vaccine effectiveness. Uh, and these are studies that look at what's been happening in real world settings, as opposed to the data that was collected from the clinical tri trials. And the evidence continues to mount about the safety and efficacy of these vaccines. There are three recent studies that were published in March and April. In one, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines were 90% effective at preventing infection in fully vaccinated healthcare workers, first responders, and other frontline workers. In another study of adults 65 and over, being fully vaccinated prevented 94% of hospitalizations from COVID. And in the third study describing an outbreak involving a viral COVID variant at a Kentucky care home, being fully vaccinated reduced symptomatic infection by almost 90% in both residents and workers. We're encouraged by this, these studies and they do complement the data we have on the steep decline in cases among those at select work sites where there are high rates of vaccination. And I'll take the next slide. I know that there are some parents that are thinking it's not that important for my kid to get vaccinated because it's so unlikely my team will go on to get really sick. Uh, and, now, and while you're right that the risk of severe illness from COVID is lower for children than adults, there is another reason why it's still so important to get them vaccinated. It's all about preventing them from transmitting COVID. If you look at this graph, you'll see where the pink dots indicate infected people the white dots indicate unvaccinated people, and the blue dots indicate vaccinated people. There's really no differentiation in this chart between young people and old people. Just as in the real world, young people can transmit COVID just as easy as older people. If you look at the image on the left, you can see that when a low percentage of people are vaccinated, there are very few barriers to prevent to spreading infection, especially if people aren't mask wearing or keeping their distance. So when a cluster of people get infected, as in this cluster of four pink dots on the left, 
infection can spread widely to all of the unvaccinated people around that infected cluster. And then it'll spread to all those newly infected people's contacts. But if you look at the image in the middle, representing a population with high vaccination rates, when someone gets infected, there's almost nowhere for the infection to spread to. Instead of propagating waves of onward infection, a cluster of infected people might transmit onward to just one or two other people at most. Right now, we're somewhere in between these two images, but we really do wanna be the image on the right, because this is what we're aiming for, containing the disease by reducing the number of people who can spread it. So here in LA County and in California, we do ask that everyone continue to mask and practice social distancing indoors and around crowds as we work to increase our percent vaccinated from 44% to closer to 80%. So we don't end up with the situation shown by the image on the left. This is why it helps the entire community when teens are vaccinated. And for those moms and dads, abuelas y abuelos, and aunties and uncles who are not yet vaccinated, please take a look at what we know and what you know from those around you already vaccinated and join the movement to end the pandemic by finding a place near you where you can feel comfortable getting vaccinated. We thank you in, in advance for caring and for your courage. And I wanna go just to the last slide. Uh, we do know that there's still lots of questions. We invite you to join us for our town halls. We're happy to uh, announce that we're gonna be doing a town hall tomorrow night with Dr. Eduardo and various physicians. You can watch this town hall on all of our social media channels at LA Public Health. Um, and we look forward again to spending time answering your questions. Thanks, and now I'll hand it over to Dr. Galley. Thanks, and good afternoon. For over a year, I've participated in the, our county's COVID-19 media briefings and my role as the director of the Department of Health Services. Today, instead of focusing on DHS's role in helping to vaccinate safety net populations across the county, and instead of focusing on hospital surge projections, I want to speak to you from my other perspectives in the other hats that I wear. I am a practicing physician, and most importantly to me, I'm the mother of four amazing children, age 5, 7, 11, and 13. And given that, as Dr. Ferrer just shared, at the end of last week, Los Angeles County started vaccinating children aged 12 to 15 years old with the Pfizer vaccine, it's important to me that I speak today about this major milestone in the COVID pandemic. As soon as eligibility was opened, I made an appointment for my oldest child, my daughter, who's age 13, which I found easily online and booked in less than two minutes. And I took her at the end of last week to get vaccinated. She is now one dose in and only five weeks away from being fully vaccinated with all of the protection and peace of mind that comes with that. I know firsthand how as a parent, we all wanna make the right decisions when it comes to protecting the health of our children. And I know how COVID-19 has impacted my own family life, my own children over the past year and a half. And I know that so many families across our county have experienced truly devastating losses and difficulties as a result of this pandemic. The availability of the Pfizer vaccine for this most recently eligible population, age 12 to 15, is the next critical step in helping us to put this pandemic behind us. The vaccine is safe. 
It was tested in thousands of individuals, including being tested specifically in children aged 12 to 15, and has been shown to be safe in these populations and in the millions of individuals who have been given the vaccine who are over age 16 since it became available initially in December. The vaccine is extremely effective. It virtually eliminates the risk of serious illness or death among those who are vaccinated. Despite realizing that the vaccine is safe and effective, over the past several days, I've heard many families and teens say that they aren't ready yet to be vaccinated and they aren't sure if they want the vaccine, largely because they think the risk of getting COVID is low for young, for teens in this target age group of 12 to 15. So I wanna remind you of a few things. First, it is correct. The risk is indeed lower among teens than it is among adults of getting seriously ill with COVID or dying of COVID. And it is true that the vast majority of youth who get COVID will have an asymptomatic course or have only mild symptoms. But please realize the risk of a serious course is not zero. Thousands of children have been hospitalized across the globe with COVID and tragically hundreds have died. This is a nightmare that no parent should ever have to live through, and it is now largely avoidable for those who are age 12 and over. Second, even among the majority of children who thankfully do recover, a sizable number of youth will have long lasting symptoms of COVID for at least weeks or months and perhaps longer after they have technically recovered from their illness. We are still learning a lot about what people have now referred to as long COVID or long haul COVID. Symptoms are wide ranging and the list of symptoms that can fall within this classification seems only to be growing by the day. Symptoms can include a lagging cough, fatigue, muscle aches and pains, headaches, palpitations, nausea, among other symptoms. And while there are not yet many studies that are available among the youth population, evidence from one study in Italy demonstrated that more than half of children aged 6 to 16 had at least one symptom for more than four months, and half of those felt that the symptoms impaired their daily activities of life. A study from the United Kingdom found the rate was somewhat lower for symptoms that interfered with their daily life, but still was around 15% among teenagers months after their illness. We need to remember though that the data and the science with respect to vaccines is on our side. In fact, many of the core experiences of childhood, going to school, socializing with others, taking parts in sports and in activities, have long been able to be enjoyed safely by our children thanks to vaccines. Think of polio or mumps or measles. This vaccine is no different. The COVID-19 vaccine is here to protect us and allow us and our children to live their lives. It allows them to get back to their activities that are so needed to support their emotional, mental, and social well-being. So if you have a child like me, age 12 to 15, I urge you to take consider taking them to get vaccinated. If you have questions about the vaccine, please know there's many people that would love to speak with you about whatever your questions are. Please look for reliable sources of information though in getting answers to your questions. 
Dr. Ferrer just shared that there's a DPH, Department of Public Health Town Hall tomorrow night. That is a great source of information. You can make an appointment to speak with your primary care provider on the phone or make an appointment to see them in person or talk to your friends and family that made the decision to get a vaccine for their team. If you're a patient of the Department of Health Services, please visit our LA County Health Services website or call your primary care clinic or our main line at 844-804-0055 to make an appointment. All of our sites are open to the public in addition to serving our patients. Vaccinations are also available at many public and privately run sites across the county, including those that are run by Los Angeles County, Los Angeles City, by numerous healthcare providers, pharmacies, retail institutions, and others that Dr. Frere just mentioned. Please check with the provider of the site that you'd like to go to as to whether or not they require a parent to accompany the teen or whether they will accept a consent form for the youth. For a full list of sites across the county that are offering the Pfizer vaccine, just visit vaccinatelacounty.com. Many, many sites, including those operated by LA County, don't require appointments. Just come by with the necessary documents. And remember, you can get vaccinated for free regardless of your insurance status and regardless of your immigration status. With summer swiftly approaching, receiving the vaccine is the single most important tool that we have to keep ourselves and our loved ones safe. It is also how we can allow them in the safest way possible to get back to a sense of normalcy in their lives. The normalcy that my own teen, as well as teenagers across Los Angeles County all want and need. We'll now take questions. Ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to ask a question, please raise your hand using the hand icon or send the host a chat with your name and outlet to be placed in queue. As a courtesy to other reporters and to allow for ample time for questions, we ask that you please limit yourselves to one to two questions per reporter. One moment, please, for our first question. Our first question comes from the line of Ron Lin. Ron, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Hi, doctors and supervisors. Thanks for chatting with us. Um, two questions for Dr. Frere and one for Dr. Galley. First, Dr. Frere, Trader Joe's got a lot of attention recently. Uh, a report of ours went to the South Pasadena location um, last week, and they saw a, a sign posting posted that said that allow <laughs> that allows vaccinated people to enter without wearing a mask, which seems to be in conflict with what you mentioned last week. Can you clarify if that's a problem and if you've reached out to Trader Joe's about this? Second, there was a video on a TV station showing a shopper verbally berating a Costco employee in LA County who was telling him he couldn't enter the store with, uh, without a mask, um, likely result of this mask confusion rippling out of the CDC's latest guidance. Do you think the CDC handled its announcement poorly? And have you heard an increase in reports of people wanting to go into stores in LA County without wearing a mask? And finally, Dr. Galley, thanks for the details on the long COVID affecting teenagers. Do you know if, in general, getting a vaccine reduces the risk of getting long COVID, whether in, in teens or adults? Thanks. Yeah, thanks so much, Ron. Um, so our teams are out, uh, you know, notifying um, all of the chains that made announcements nationally uh, that they would be relaxing their masking requirements in those states and counties. Uh, where in fact there was no longer a masking requirement. That's obviously not us. I'm 
frankly surprised at the Trader Joe's um, for going against what their national office is saying. Uh, you know, absolutely masking requirements uh, are in place here and all across California. So this is going to be pretty easy for businesses and customers, residents and visitors to understand because there's one standard for the whole state and it requires that we continue to wear our masks until June 15th. Uh, so my hope is that uh, as folks understand uh, that this state is choosing to make sure we continue to protect those that are not yet vaccinated uh, and we work hard to increase those vaccination rates, uh, we will uh, continue to ask that people use the protections that we have on hand uh, that will limit transmission. And this is particularly true uh, in all those places where children under 12 are going to be present because they are not able to get vaccinated. Um, so yes, we'll be out and about uh, our entire week. Uh, we actually spoke over the weekend about making sure that we're communicating clearly uh, that the masking requirements remain in effect in LA County. But it does bring us to the second question, uh, which is, you know, how confusing has this been? CDC suggesting that if you're fully vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. Um, and in you know, many jurisdictions, including ours, saying, wait a minute, uh, we're not there yet. And uh, while there are many places where fully vaccinated people don't need to wear a mask, protections for workers uh, at workplaces and at retail businesses and in places that are crowded, uh, when you don't have enough people yet vaccinated is, is a risk uh, that we think it's unnecessary for us to take. And it could, in fact, uh, delay our progress on the recovery journey. Uh, we appreciate uh, very much uh, that CDC was presenting information about the effectiveness of the vaccine. Uh, I think if you've listened to the director over the last couple of days, uh, she's been clear about the need for everyone to understand that local jurisdictions and states um, need to continue to have sensible masking requirements that take into account uh, our responsibility uh, to, in fact, uh, make sure that we're preventing uh, outbreaks and increases in cases. And, and I think that this is a sensible path forward. It allows us time to get more people fully vaccinated and to look at the sector guidance that's really going to be needed uh, when we get to June 15th uh, so that the path forward is pretty easy and straightforward for everyone to understand. But thanks for that question. I'll turn it over to Dr. Galley. Yeah, Ron, thanks for that question. It's a great question. Um, I will say a couple of things. First, the vaccination is still, as I mentioned, the single most effective tool that you can do in order to not just help us get to herd immunity, but also to protect yourself. The rate and the risk of getting COVID, even mild courses of COVID, is significantly reduced if you've gotten the vaccination. And so if you if the virus can't kind of take hold in your body, if it can't get into your system and if it can't start replicating, then it doesn't have a chance to get to the point where you might translate into having long haul symptoms. Now, whether there might be a very small number of individuals who, while they don't have serious hospitalization, serious courses of illness with COVID, certainly death from COVID and having some of those mild infections, and because the virus did still uh, infect them, and whether a small subset of those, again, might end up having some long-lasting symptoms, I think at this point is just not known. However, the risk of getting that infection and of having that virus take hold in your body is substantially reduced with the vaccine. 
So I think the thing that I want people to come away with is that whether your concern is serious illness or death from COVID or your concern is long haul symptoms from COVID, either way, the vaccine is the best way to protect yourself against either. We'll take the next question. Thank you. The next question comes from the line of Peter Nichols. Peter, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Hey, uh, Dr. Galley and Dr. Ferrer. I wanted to get your perspective personally. It's been over a year. Um, Dr. Ferrer, you've, you've been fighting a fight that uh, many of us thought would never end. Um, could you give us some personal perspective on what it feels like to see these numbers that we all wake up to every day? And, and frankly, for myself, um, just astonished that that we are where we are what does it feel like for you after all you've been through i'll let dr galley go ahead i think it's incredibly encouraging to think how far we've come to see the vaccination numbers go up to see so many people embrace the vaccines and to see uh, with the decline in case positivity rate and certainly the decline in the hospitalization rates and the deaths uh, that's thanks to the vaccine. That's thanks to the vaccine being out there and how effective it is. Uh, at the same time, we still have a lot of work to do. There's a lot of people that for understandable reasons aren't yet ready to get the vaccine. They might be hesitant for any one of a number of reasons. And so we, we can't stop the work. There, there still is a lot to do to try to help make the vaccine available, easily available, uh, and work through whatever the hesitancy that people have is. So I think there's hope, there's optimism, uh, there's some relief uh, that the worst of this is behind us, but the road isn't finished and we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I really agree with, with Dr. Galley. You know, this, this is such a hopeful time, I guess for me, you know, this deep appreciation for this community that we're all living in. Um, this is the community that, you know, really unfortunately dealt with devastating losses, economic losses, uh, losses uh, for people who were hospitalized and very sick. And then the most tragic of all, you know, we've had over 24,000 people lose their lives. Um, so, you know, it is with a sense of huge relief uh, that we all look at these daily numbers and we see, you know, so many fewer people are becoming infected. And that, of course, means so many fewer people ending up in the hospitals and uh, best of all, uh, much smaller numbers of people dying. But we do have to continue working together. I, I think uh, I am most hopeful and have always been most hopeful that this is a, an amazing community. Uh, where many people uh, really understand fundamentally how intertwined we are, how linked we are, and how much it matters uh, what we do every day in terms of its impact on the rest of the community. Uh, so I think the work ahead is in many ways uh, more joyful work. It, it's a lot easier uh, to be talking to people about getting vaccinated than it is to be talking to people about uh, making sure they get to the hospital uh, when they're really sick uh, with COVID or trying to talk to people who have lost a loved one. Uh, so I think this work that we get to do together now is hopeful work, but we do have to all continue to do it. And we'll take the next question. Our next question comes from the line of Claudia Pesuda. Claudia, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. 
Hi, a couple of questions. So I hear what you're saying about the June 15th date, but does that mean that LA County does then plan to ease mask requirements on June 15th? Or is it that we're keeping the current rules until at least June 15th? Is there a vaccination goal that you wanna hit before using the rules? And if we don't achieve that goal, do you plan to keep stricter rules than the state after June 15th? And then for uh, Dr. Galley, I mean, yeah. Um, can you uh, address people's concerns about the potential long-term effects of the vaccine? Um, because I think, you know, no matter how often you tell people that we're seeing mounting evidence that it's that the vaccines are safe and effective, you know, uh, some people will say, well, these vaccines haven't been around long enough for us to know what the long-term effects are. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, in, in terms of uh, your first question, um, you know, we are aligning with the state um, and we're gonna work really hard on increasing vaccination rates. And we have said all along that we look forward to a June 15th reopening. Um, I think both uh, the state and the counties are obviously going to be looking at our data uh, when we get to June and, and making sure that we're in a place where it makes a lot of sense uh, for us to go ahead and uh, revisit uh, where it's going to be important for there to be masking. You know, I, I already have noted that particularly in those situations where we have children, young children not able to get vaccinated, uh, masking may need to continue, particularly in those indoor settings. Uh, but we'll be working closely with the state, which is what we are doing now and what we intend to continue doing. And I do want to note in terms of your second question uh, before I turn it over to, to Dr. Galley is, you know, um, we get a lot of questions asked, uh, you know, all the time about, you know, when you have a new medicine or in this case, a new vaccine, uh, how do you actually know that there aren't these long-term effects uh, to that medicine or to the vaccine? Uh, two things I want to note. One is uh, there is in this country one of the most advanced vaccine safety programs uh, anywhere in the world uh, that really is tracking uh, millions and millions and millions of people every single day in terms of the uh, the any of the side effects that they may be experiencing from the vaccine. There's quite there's nothing quite like it, and the reason I know that is every jurisdiction, especially those that are as large as ours does some of the follow-up when people report vaccine side effects. So you've got teams of clinicians uh, all across this country that receive these reports of any adverse, potential adverse outcomes or side effects that get investigated immediately. Uh, and we now have, you know, as you know, uh, we've been administering this vaccine since December. So we have lots of information about what's happened to people who have gotten vaccinated uh, since December. The second thing is the mechanism by which these vaccines are created uh, means that you really can understand what might be potential long-term effects because it is related to the mechanism that these vaccines use to provide us with protection. Uh, and that's how we know that it's so unlikely months out from now that you would see uh, some unintended uh, long-term effect, particularly when we've got this sort of, I call it the red flag system that we use to monitor vaccine safety uh, in this country. But Dr. Galley. Yeah, thanks again for that question. Uh, the, the vaccines really have very few ingredients in them. Uh, for the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine, they're an mRNA vaccine. 
And, and what that does, it's, it's not a live virus. There are no live virus particles or portions that are, that are injected into an individual that receives the vaccine. Uh, what it is is a small little piece of RNA, which uh, in some ways uh, tricks the body into making this protein that is on the virus so that the body can learn how to, vi how to fight this, this new virus. And this happens all the time. Uh, you get exposed to a new food, you get exposed to something new in the air, you get ex exposed to a new kind of dust or, or something new, and your body learns from it, and your body creates antibodies and creates mechanisms through its immune system to be able to fight it off. And this is just a way of priming the immune system to be able to create the antibodies that are needed to fight the virus. There's no live vaccine, there's no vaccine injection, it, there's no change to an individual's uh, genetic composition to your own DNA. That RNA is used very briefly and then it's discarded by the body. And the other components of the vaccine are really just there to preserve the vaccine until it's injected. It includes some salts, some sugars, and some lipids or fats that are needed to just stabilize the virus, or sorry, the vaccine, stabilize the vaccine until it's injected into an individual. And, and those are common uh, types of things that are included in many different kinds of medicines that are given to people for decades, really, that these are not new types of stabilizers, new types of components. Um, individuals who have allergies to the specific components shouldn't receive the vaccine, but other than that, pretty much everyone can receive the vaccine and it's safe to do so. And there's really no reason to believe that there would be any long lasting effect from the vaccine itself. The only long lasting effect of the vaccine is that your body has learned how to fight the virus and it has created the antibodies to be able to fight the virus so that if you're exposed to the COVID vaccine, to the COVID-19 virus, you're able to effectively fight it off and either fight it off completely so that you don't even get infected or fight it off sufficiently so that you don't have a serious illness or require hospitalization or tragically don't die from the, from the virus itself. We'll take the next question. Our next question comes from the line of Jackie Fortier. Jackie, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Hi there. Um, I apologize. I missed your answer to a, a previous question that was similar to this. But uh, I mean, state Dr. Galley said earlier that the state's move to implement the CDC mass guidance on June 15th creates a floor, not a ceiling, and county public health officials can require stricter mask rules if they choose. Um, I was curious under what circumstances LA County would require stricter mask rules on June 15th. And then separately, if you could please explain how the June 15th change would mesh with the proposed mask and physical distancing changes that Cal OSHA is looking at this week. For example, at a grocery store, which is also a place of work, I don't understand how those work together. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, those are great questions, Jackie. Um, we, we're, you know, we're moving hand in hand with the state in terms of the reopening um, guidelines and, uh, and really are very excited. And as you all know, LA County, frankly, uh, is one of the counties that's doing better than many other counties at this point in terms of seeing a significant decline in our rates of community transmission. But as with everything, uh, if something were to change, 
uh, between now and June 15th, and we were seeing increased risk here in LA County that maybe wasn't being experienced in other parts of the state, uh, we would always wanna you know, operate from being a very careful that nothing we do here in LA County uh, really could increase uh, the transmission rates or create additional risk uh, here in LA County. So we're gonna always be following uh, the data for LA County and the particular situations that we find ourselves in. But at this point, we feel very comfortable being aligned with the state. Uh, our data really is aligned with the state data and the sensible path forward that the governor has outlined uh, makes a lot of sense. So I think barring something fundamentally different happening here in LA County, um, that would really uh, bring about cause for great concern. You can see us embracing the June 15th uh, reopening plan. But I do want to note you bring up a really good point, which is that for all workplaces and therefore workers in those workplaces, uh, adherence to Cal OSHA standards uh, still needs to happen. And Cal OSHA created the COVID-19 prevention set of mitigation standards that all workplaces uh, need to abide by. And that will include all workplaces uh, here in LA County. And while masking requirements for people who don't work at a site may still be subject to a health officer order, I wanna be really clear that uh, Cal OSHA is still requiring distancing and masking protocols. And even in the suggested changes that they're making for work sites um, that need to be voted on by their uh, standards board, there is no indication that they are at all backing away from having uh, at many work sites still the requirements around distancing and masking. And we again, uh, you know, Cal OSHA does in fact govern everything that's gonna be happening at work sites. There's only a few work sites that are exempt from Cal OSHA. And uh, we would be working with the state, obviously, to make sure that work sites understand their obligations uh, because of those Cal OSHA requirements. And the county could never be less restrictive uh, than those Cal OSHA uh, requirements. Um, so we're going to go ahead and follow uh, whatever Cal OSHA asks our workplaces to do. We'll go ahead and make sure that that's both clear and that uh, all of our work sites understand uh, their obligations there. Um, and we'll take the next question. Thank you. We have time for one more question, and that question comes from the line of Marla Tejas. Marla, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. This might be a repeat, so I apologize, Dr. Ferrer. It's sort of what um, uh, Claudia had asked you earlier, um, and that is about June 15th, just over four weeks from today. Is there a vaccination goal that you want that you have projected for LA County uh, and, and or what do you think the percentage will be by then? Will we be, obviously we will be closer to herd immunity, but how much closer? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think uh, we got another four weeks. Um, the stakes are high uh, for all of us um, because we wanna, you know, really continue recovering. We don't wanna see any more increases in cases and we don't want increases in outbreaks. So uh, our work over the next four weeks is clear get as many people who are eligible vaccinated. Uh, and I think if we all do that job, there's no, there's no magic number for June 15th. I think June 15th really was, uh, let's get as many people possible vaccinated. Let's work really hard on this. 
Uh, if we can do this well, then when we do these full reopenings, the risk is just uh, super low. Uh, and that helps all of us. Uh, nobody wants uh, to be part of uh, an outbreak any longer. Uh, nobody wants to end up in the hospital. Uh, and nobody wants to be dying from COVID. And the, the, the sad fact is that, you know, these cases I announced every day, you know, I would say well over 95% of them are occurring among people that are not fully vaccinated. Pretty much everyone in the hospital is not fully vaccinated. And just about everyone who's passing away right now is not fully vaccinated. Um, so, you know, we've got these choices in front of us. Uh, we need to do a really good job getting people vaccinated. And I think we will. And I look forward to joining with the governor with a statewide uh, sensible reopening uh, come June 15th. And thank you, everyone. Thank you. And now we will transition to the remarks in Spanish. Thank you. Buenas tardes. Uh, soy la supervisora Hilda Solís. Y después de un año de ofrecer actualizaciones con respecto a la pandemia, ahora estamos en un punto donde podemos abrir más negocios y otros lugares gracias a las vacunas. Y con el anuncio del de CDC, La semana pasada se nos ha dado la señal más clara de lo que se necesita para volver a nuestras vidas normal, las vacunas. Como todos saben, la semana pasada el CDC anunció nuevas recomendaciones que las personas completamente vacunadas pueden continuar con las actividades que estaban haciendo antes de la pandemia sin máscaras y ni practicando la distancia física. Y esta mañana también el estado de California anunció que va a seguir con el mandate de máscaras hasta el 15 de junio para darle tiempo a las personas que no se han vacunado y para establecer recomendaciones claras para proteger negocios y trabajadores. Entonces, hasta el 15 de junio, los negocios y lugares de empleo en California van a seguir con el mandato de usar máscaras. Esto nos da tiempo para preparar. Tenemos que seguir protegiendo las personas que no han podido vacunarse. Y aunque nuestros esfuerzos de vacunación ha mejorado aquí en el condado, solo 43% de los residentes 16 años y mayor están vacunados. Esto Significa que más de la mitad de los adultos en el condado están al riesgo del virus. Hay áreas donde menos de la mitad de los residentes han recibido un dose de la vacuna, como en áreas de Westlake, Echo Park, Compton, o el este de Los Ángeles y el baile Antelope Valley. Y apenas empezamos a vacunar a los niños entre 12 y 15 años. Tenemos que recordar que los niños no están protegidos y pueden contractar el virus. Para la seguridad de los niños, es recomendado que ellos siguen usando una máscara, y más cuando están en lugares encerradas o si tienen condiciones crónicas de salud. El hecho de que muy pronto podremos regresar a nuestras vidas antes de la pandemia es un testimonio del poder de las vacunas y nuestros esfuerzos para mantener los casos bajos. Las vacunas son el clave del riesgo a nuestra vida normal. Para los que no han podido recibir una vacuna, les recomiendo que lo hagan antes que el 15 de junio. 
Vacunarse nunca ha sido tan fácil. Tenemos más que 700 sitios en todo el condado que administran vacunas. Simplemente pueden caminar sin una cita y vacunarse. Estos incluyen sitios como en el estaciones del tren, del metro, parques como Whittier Narrows en el sur de sur, South Elmani y Sunshine Park en La Puente. Entendemos que para algunos no es suficiente que estas vacunas sean gratis. También tienen que ser convenientes. Y por eso es que estamos trabajando para llevar las vacunas directamente a ustedes, en nuestros parques, en estaciones del metro o mercados. Si todavía está indeciso y está buscando una razón para vacunarse, no busca más que el anuncio de CDC dice que con estas vacunas puede volver a una vida más normal. Y lo que es más, más importante es protegiendo a la comunidad totalmente. Me complace ver que casi 5 millones de residentes han recibido al menos de una dosis y más de 40% de los residentes de nuestros condados están completamente vacunados. Casi 70% de las personas mayores más vulnerables de nuestro condado también están vacunadas. Y el jueves pasado, la elegibilidad para la, para la vacuna Pfizer se ex, expandió a los niños de 12 y a 15 años. Y ya hemos visitado a estos jóvenes haciendo citas para vacunarse en escuelas, farmacias y otros sitios de vacunas en todo el condado. Aunque los niños y los adolescentes han tenido un riesgo menor que los adultos de ser hospitalizados o tener una enfermedad grave por COVID-19, todavía pueden transmitir el virus a adultos más vulnerables. Si ha estado indeciso y todavía tiene preguntas sobre si ahora es el momento adecuado para vacunarse, llama al 211 para obtener más información. 211. Háganos todos nuestra parte para vacunarse y, hacer, y vamos a seguir pues luchando si todos pueden participar. Gracias y ahora me gustaría presentar a la representante del Departamento de Salud Pública Jacqueline Valenzuela. Gracias. Buenas tardes. Hoy compartiremos actualizaciones sobre casos, hospitalizaciones y muertes por COVID-19 y una actualización sobre nuestros esfuerzos para llevar la vacuna a sitios de trabajo a través del Condado de Los Ángeles. También compartiremos información sobre cómo estamos involucrando a los proveedores de atención médica y a otros socios en todo el condado, incluyendo adolescentes, para vacunar a los niños de entre 12 y 17 años en el condado de Los Ángeles. También actualizaremos la, guía, la guianza del uso de mascarillas para el condado de Los Ángeles que está alineada con el estado. Comenzaremos con nuestros números diarios que reflejan un retraso en informes del fin de semana. First slide, please. Nos entristece informar cuatro muertes adicionales hoy. Esto eleva el número total de muertes a 24,097 en el condado de Los Ángeles. Estamos reportando 161 nuevos casos hoy. Esto eleva el número total de casos en el condado de Los Ángeles a 1,237,561. 
hay 322 personas hospitalizadas actualmente con COVID-19. Y hasta la fecha se han realizado pruebas a más de 6.6 millones de personas con sus resultados um, informados al condado de Los Ángeles. La tasa de casos positivos uh, acumulada ha disminuido un punto al 17%. Next slide, please. Este gráfico muestra líneas de tendencia en casos, hospitalizaciones y muertes por COVID-19 desde el 1 de marzo del 2020 hasta el 9 de mayo del 2021. Los números de casos y otros indicadores continúan bajos y estables. Y durante el último mes hemos visto pequeñas disminuciones en los casos, hospitalizaciones y fallecimientos. Next slide, please. Y aunque todos los sentimos uh, aliviados por estos números bajos, COVID-19 se continúa propagando en el condado de Los Ángeles, particularmente entre aquellos que no están completamente vacunados. Por esa razón, el estado mantendrá la guianza del uso de mascarillas actual hasta el 15 de junio y nosotros en el condado de Los Ángeles haremos lo mismo. Esto significa que nuestra guía sigue alineada con la orden del oficial de salud del 3 de mayo. Es importante señalar que el anuncio de los Centros para el Control y la Prevención de Enfermedades, los CDC por sus siglas en inglés, eh, de la semana pasada, no tenía la intención de eliminar las modificaciones de seguridad actuales a nivel local y estatal. Y como hemos escuchado ahora de los CDC, están reconociendo la importancia de mantener las protecciones de los trabajadores locales y recomendando que no hayan cambios en las escuelas, muchos lugares de trabajo y el, el transporte público. Para evitar una mayor circulación de variantes o mutaciones del virus que crean nuevas variantes que preocupan, sigue siendo importante hacer todo lo que sepamos para prevenir la transmisión. Y dado que más del 60% de los residentes del condado eh, aún no están completamente vacunados y todos nuestros niños menores de 12 años aún no pueden vacunarse, el uso de mascarillas, el distanciamiento físico y el control de infecciones siguen siendo estrategias de importancia crítica en muchos sitios y actividades. No hay manera de determinar rápidamente si una persona está o no está vacunada. Hemos llegado a, hasta aquí cuidándonos unos a otros y para poner en fin esta pandemia, tendremos que seguir dispuestos a cumplir con las modificaciones de seguridad sensatas que permitan reducir los casos y los brotes mientras aumentamos el número de residentes completamente vacunados. Esto incluye seguir los requisitos razonables de uso de mascarilla que van a seguir vigentes en el condado de Los Ángeles hasta que aumentemos las tasas de vacunación. Sabiendo que en interiores y en muchos lugares con multitudes puede haber muchas personas que no se han vacunado, cual significa que el virus se puede propagar fácilmente. El condado de Los Ángeles se alineará con el estado para continuar requiriendo el uso de mascarillas en todos los eventos grandes, en interiores y exteriores, en el transporte público y en establecimientos comerciales y minoristas en interiores que estén abiertos al público. Los lugares de trabajo permanecen bajo los requisitos del uso de mascarilla y el distanciamiento físico de la Administración de Seguridad y Salud Ocupacional del Estado, Cal OSHA por sus siglas en inglés, que aún no han cambiado. Y para las personas no vacunadas aún se requiere el uso de mascarillas siempre que estén al aire libre y no se pueda mantener el distanciamiento físico. 
Las mascarillas no se requieren para personas completamente vacunadas en entornos y eventos al aire libre con poca gente y durante visitas en interiores y exteriores con personas completamente vacunadas o con personas no vacunadas de un hogar sin personas de alto riesgo. Para aquellos que aún no están vacunados, el uso de mascarillas y el distanciamiento físico brindan una protección significativa y recomendamos el uso continuo de mascarillas hasta que pueda vacunarse. Para las personas con el sistema inmune comprometido, consulte con su equipo médico para determinar qué tiene más sentido para usted. Nuestra orden del funcionario de salud permanece vigente en todo el condado y le pedimos a todos los negocios, residentes y visitantes que continúen cumpliendo con las modificaciones de seguridad requeridas. Esperamos continuar con las bajas tasas de contagio que permitan en unas pocas semanas una reapertura completa. Next slide, please. Gracias a las altas tasas de cumplimiento con las medidas de seguridad, incluyendo el uso de mascarillas, distanciamiento físico y control de infecciones en negocios a través del condado y al número creciente de personas vacunadas, hemos observado menos brotes en una variedad de sectores laborales. Como puede ver en este gráfico, los brotes en escuelas y guarderías, albergues, en lugares para expresar la fe, establecimientos correccionales, a instalaciones de alimentos y en las estaciones de bomberos se encuentran en niveles bajos y estables. El número promedio de brotes en los lugares de trabajo ha disminuido de casi 200 semanales en su punto de contagio máximo de la pandemia a 24 por semana ahora, una disminución del 88%. Next slide, please. Los niveles de brotes también han bajado en los sitios de atención médica donde muchos, de, eh, muchos trabajadores fueron los primeros en ser vacunados. En enero hubo un promedio de 172 brotes por semana en los centros de atención médica. Ese número se ha reducido a 5 brotes durante la semana del 9 al 15 de mayo. Next slide, please. También nos gustaría informarles sobre nuestros esfuerzos actuales para vacunar a los residentes del condado de Los Ángeles. Al 14 de mayo habíamos administrado más de 9 millones de dosis de vacuna en el condado. De estos, más de 5.3 millones fueron primeras dosis y más de 3.6 millones fueron segundas dosis. Al 14 de mayo, el 44% de los residentes mayores de 12 años habían recibido dos dosis de la vacuna y el 58% habían recibido la primera dosis. Estamos agradecidos por todos los que ya hicieron el esfuerzo y se vacunaron y en particular queremos agradecer a los muchos padres y adolescentes que ahora están yendo a vacunarse. En el Parque Obregón, por ejemplo, se presentaron cientos de adolescentes a recibir su primera dosis. Muchos se sintieron aliviados por recibir la vacuna y algunos estaban un poco asustados pero determinados de ponerse la vacuna para reanudar las actividades que se perdieron el año pasado. Sabemos que para muchos esta es una decisión difícil y animamos a aquellos que aún no están seguros de cuándo y si deben vacunarse a que hablen con sus amigos y familiares que ya se vacunaron. Muchos de los temores se basan en información falsa que circula ampliamente a través de las redes sociales 
incluido que las vacunas están relacionadas con la infertilidad o que puedan enfermar a otras personas. Nada de esto es posible. Estas vacunas no afectan la fertilidad ni alguien puede enfermarse porque usted fue vacunado. No hay uh, virus COVID-19 vivo o muerto en estas vacunas. Next slide, please. Y mientras celebramos a todos los que se han vacunado, hemos visto una disminución importante en el número de personas que se vacunan. La semana pasada, entre el 8 y el 14 de mayo, administramos solo 369,778 dosis en toda la red del condado, 32% primeras dosis, en comparación con 530,235 dosis, 45% primeras dosis, solo dos, semana, dos semanas antes del 24 al 30 de abril. Esto no incluye las dosis administradas en algunas farmacias y clínicas que trabajan en compañerismo directamente con el gobierno federal. Next slide, please. Estamos prestando atención especial a las tasas de vacunación entre los adolescentes, ya que este es un grupo recientemente aprobado para recibir la vacuna. Durante el fin de semana nos encantó ver gran participación entre los adolescentes de 12 a 15 años. Hasta el viernes por la noche, solo dos días de haber extendido la vacunación a este grupo, más de 1,700 jóvenes de 12 a 15 años habían sido vacunados. Muchos más adolescentes se vacunaron el sábado y el domingo. Y de hecho, entre el jueves y el domingo se vacunaron a 6,500 niños entre las edades de 12 y 15 años en los ocho sitios administrados por el condado. También nos complace informar que los jóvenes de 16 y 17 años también se han vacunado a buen ritmo. 95,356 adolescentes en este grupo de edad, el 38% de todos los joven, jóvenes de 16 y 17 años eh, en el en todo el condado de Los Ángeles, han recibido al menos una dosis. Next slide, please. Nuestro enfoque ha cambiado para que los residentes del condado de Los Ángeles se vacunen fácilmente. Para alcanzar este objetivo, estamos ofreciendo vacunas en muchos sitios diferentes en todo el condado. Como puede ver en este mapa, esta semana hay 755 sitios que ofrecen vacunas, incluidas farmacias, clínicas, sitios comunitarios y hospitales. Las áreas de color verde pálido indican los códigos postales donde varios factores contribuyen a niveles más bajos de salud comunitaria. Puede ver que muchos de nuestros sitios de, de vacunación se concentran en las áreas que han sido duramente afectadas por la pandemia. Queremos que sea extremadamente fácil obtener una vacuna si vive en estas comunidades. Actualmente puede obtener vacunas sin una cita en los ocho sitios administrados por el condado, todos los sitios administrados por la ciudad de Los Ángeles, casi todos los sitios móviles y muchos de los sitios comunitarios. Muchos sitios abren los fines de semana y tienen horario nocturno. Visite um, vacunatelosangeles.com para encontrar un sitio cerca de usted. Next slide, please. Continuamos brindando apoyo a equipos de vacunación móviles adicionales que llevan las vacunas a los vecindarios donde hay personas con limitaciones de capacidad o de tiempo para llegar a uno de los sitios de vacunación establecidos. Estos equipos ofrecen a diario la vacuna sin necesidad de cita, eh, sin, necesidad, 
sin necesidad de cita previa en los mismos lugares públicos como estaciones de metro, mercados de alimentos y parques. En este mapa, las áreas de color verde pálido nuevamente indican códigos postales de bajos recursos. Las marcas azules indican los 188 sitios donde nuestros equipos móviles ofrecerán vacunas esta semana, los cuales se concentran en las áreas de mayor necesidad y más afectadas por COVID-19. Next slide, please. La semana pasada les mostramos la forma electrónica disponible en nuestro sitio web donde puede ir para solicitar una unidad móvil de vacunación para su sitio de empleo o negocio. Ese esfuerzo se ha expandido ahora para conectar los lugares de trabajo que necesitan vacunas no solo con nuestras unidades eh, móviles, sino también con otros socios de vacunación en toda la comunidad. En esta nueva página de nuestro sitio web, Puede conectarse con nosotros o con las eh, numerosas cadenas de supermercados y farmacias de todo el condado para solicitar información sobre cómo llevar las vacunas a su lugar de trabajo, a organización o evento especial. Puede acceder a la página desde nuestro sitio de vacunación principal en vacunatelosangeles.com Haciendo clic en, la enlace, en el enlace color rosa que dice encuentre un proveedor de vacunas para su organización en la página principal o puede visitar el enlace que aparece en este gráfico. Next slide, please. Los padres están acostumbrados a vacunar a sus hijos en los consultorios de pediatras, escuelas y centros comunitarios donde a menudo conocen y confían en los proveedores de atención médica. Nuestro objetivo es ayudar a aumentar la capacidad de estos sitios para administrar la vacuna y a medida que llegan los meses cálidos, ampliar los esfuerzos para vacunar a los adolescentes en los parques, campamentos diurnos y otros lugares donde pasan los veranos. Nos gustaría compartir con ustedes información sobre nuestro trabajo en esta área. Hemos centrado nuestros esfuerzos en los 43 distritos escolares ubicados en las comunidades más afectadas del condado. Nuestra estrategia aquí tiene dos partes. La primera consiste en montar clínicas temporales en las escuelas. La semana pasada les mostramos fotos de uno de nuestros 60 sitios escolares donde las clínicas emergentes están ofreciendo vacunas a las personas en las comunidades circundantes. La segunda parte de esta estrategia implica involucrar a las clínicas escolares ya existentes para que provean las vacunas contra el COVID-19. El Distrito Escolar de Los Ángeles espera enviar equipos móviles a más de 200 escuelas a partir de la próxima semana. El 82% de las 62 clínicas escolares existentes se encuentran en códigos eh, postales de bajos recursos, Cerca de la mitad están en los sitios de escuelas preparatorias y el 11% en los sitios de escuelas secundarias. Actualmente, 18 de estas eh, clínicas escolares están administrando vacunas de COVID-19 y la capacidad en estas clínicas varía, varía perdón, de 100 a 500 inyecciones por día. Queremos agradecer a las escuelas y a los centros de atención médica que realizan estos eventos de vacunas por todos sus esfuerzos para tratar de mantener seguros a nuestros niños y comunidades. Además, al menos 12 distritos escolares tienen una enfermera escolar con licencia que ha expresado interés en proporcionar la vacuna. 
el Departamento de Salud Pública está involucrando activamente a estos distritos escolares y los está incorporando para que ofrezcan la vacuna Pfizer a los estudiantes y a las comunidades. También estamos trabajando con los departamentos de parques y recreación del condado y de la ciudad de Los Ángeles y programas que proveen servicios a jóvenes elegibles, incluyendo Boys and Girls Club Alliance y YMCA para educar a las familias sobre las vacunas y para que, lo, que los programas de verano uh, brinden oportunidades de vacunación. Por ejemplo, esta semana Heart of LA y Kedren están colaborando en un evento de vacunación. Los miembros del Departamento de Salud Pública ofrecerán el 19 de mayo actividades educativas que incluyen una sesión de preguntas y respuestas para que la comunidad tenga acceso a información oportuna sobre las vacunas y así puedan tomar cómodamente la decisión de vacunar a los miembros de su familia. Continuaremos haciendo que sea fácil para los adolescentes recibir la vacuna Pfizer. Next slide, please. Sabemos que los consultorios de los pediatras son para muchos padres los lugares preferidos para ir a vacunar a sus hijos y nos hemos estado comunicando con los consultorios de los pediatras en todo el condado de Los Ángeles para hacer disponible la mayor cantidad de vacunas uh, contra COVID-19. Además de los 196 centros de salud calificados a nivel federal que ya ofrecen las vacunas en los códigos postales de bajos recursos del condado de Los Ángeles, hemos aprobado 12 prácticas médicas, 4 centros de atención de urgencia, 4 sitios de vacunas para niños y 4 proveedores de vacunas móviles para recibir y administrar la vacuna contra el COVID-19 en los adolescentes. Estamos llevando a cabo actividades de alcance de educación en 66 clínicas y consultorios afiliados al programa de vacunas para niños, Vaccines for Children en inglés, para evaluar el interés, realizar visitas uh, al sitio y con suerte aprobar sitios clínicos adicionales donde las familias puedan obtener la vacuna de los proveedores de atención médica que ya conocen. Next slide, please. Los propios estudiantes son algunos de nuestros voceros más importantes e influyentes para empoderar a los jóvenes a ayudar a prevenir COVID-19 y educar a los adolescentes sobre la vacuna de COVID-19. Nuestro programa de embajadores de salud pública para padres y estudiantes trabaja en compañerismo con los distritos escolares del condado de Los Ángeles para involucrar eh, activamente a las comunidades escolares en el esfuerzo de eh, prevenir COVID-19 en cada escuela. Como parte de este programa, 300 padres completaron una sesión educativa sobre estrategias que han demostrado prevenir COVID-19 y 128 estudiantes embajadores crearon videos dirigidos a los estudiantes de primaria, secundaria y preparatoria. Aquí puede ver imágenes tomadas de estos videos. Un subgrupo de embajadores ahora también están trabajando en un video para alentar a los adolescentes a que se vacunen. Todos los embajadores han recibido información sobre la vacuna y esperamos que compartan con sus amigos y sus comunidades durante todo el verano lo que han aprendido. Estos videos pronto estarán disponibles para ver en nuestro canal de YouTube. Estamos muy emocionados de que vea las excelentes producciones hechas por estos jóvenes talentosos. Next slide, please. 
No olvide que si su adolescente menor de 18 años se va a vacunar, necesita su consentimiento. Así que imprima y firme un formulario de consentimiento para enviarlo con su adolescente al sitio de vacunación o acompañe a su adolescente a vacunarse. Los adolescentes también deberán presentar alguna documentación que muestra su edad, por lo que si tienen una tarjeta de identificación escolar u otro registro que do documente oficialmente su cumpleaños, tráigalo con usted. Por ahora, solo la vacuna Pfizer está aprobada para los niños, así que asegúrese de ir a un sitio que administre esa vacuna. Next slide, please. Puede obtener en línea información sobre la vacunación de adolescentes. Simplemente visite vacunatelosangeles.com y haga clic en antes de comenzar. Verá una sección marcada como información importante para jóvenes de 12 a 17 años. Ahí encontrará respuestas a muchas de sus preguntas, así como instrucciones sobre cómo encontrar un sitio de Pfizer. Next slide, please. En una encuesta a nivel nacional realizada entre febrero y marzo de este año, se preguntó a los padres qué probabilidad tenían de vacunar contra COVID-19 a sus hijos de 11 a 18 años. Entre los padres que han sido vacunados, el 88% de los latinos dijeron que era muy o algo probable que vacunaran a sus adolescentes, mientras que el 81% de los padres asiáticos el 78% de los padres blancos y el 61% de los padres afroamericanos estuvieron de acuerdo con esta afirmación. Aunque nos alegra ver que más de las tres cuartas partes de la mayoría de los padres sintieron que era probable que vacunaran a sus hijos adolescentes eh, contra COVID-19, es importante comprender por qué algunos padres tienen dudas al respecto. Profundizando un poco más en los resultados de la encuesta, muchos padres eh, que expresaron dudas indicaron que querían esperar y ver antes de decidir con certeza si vacunar a sus hijos. Esta encuesta se realizó hace más de dos meses. Desde entonces hemos visto cuánto ha cambiado la vacuna contra la pandemia, no solo en el mundo más allá de las fronteras de los Estados Unidos, sino también en las propias empresas, hospitales y comunidades en medio de la creciente evidencia de científicos e investigadores sobre la seguridad uh, de las vacunas. También sabemos que la inmunidad de los niños protege a otros en la comunidad y nos alivia poder ofrecer vacunas a todos los adolescentes. Next slide, please. Dado que las vacunas de COVID-19 son relativamente nuevas, continuamos revisando estudios recientes que evalúan la efectividad de la vacuna. Estos son estudios que analizan lo que ha estado sucediendo en entornos del mundo eh, real en, en contraposición a los datos recopilados de los ensayos clínicos. Sigue aumentando la evidencia sobre la seguridad y eficacia de Uh, perdón, eficacia de estas vacunas. Quiero destacar tres estudios recientes publicados por los CDC en, el mar, en marzo y abril. En uno, las vacunas Pfizer y Moderna fueron 90% efectivas en la prevención de infecciones en trabajos de salud completamente vacunados, en trabajadores de salud completamente vacunados, socorristas y otros trabajadores de primera línea. 
En otro estudio de adultos de 65 años o más, estar completamente vacunado evitó el 94% de las hospitalizaciones debido a COVID-19. Y en un tercer estudio que describió un brote que involucró una variante, un variante viral de COVID-19 en un hogar de ancianos de Kentucky, estar completamente vacunado redujo la infección sintomática en un 87%, tanto en residentes como en trabajadores. Nos alientan estos estudios que complementan los datos que tenemos sobre la fuerte disminución de casos entre aquellos en lugares de trabajo selectos donde hay altas tasas de vacunación. Next slide, please. Algunos padres pueden estar pensando que no es tan importante que su hijo se vacune porque es muy poco probable que su hijo se enferme de verdad. Y aunque tienen razón que el riesgo de enfermedad grave por COVID es uh, bastante bajo para los niños, queremos mostrarles por qué sigue siendo tan importante vacunarlos. Se trata de evitar que propaguen el COVID-19. Mire este gráfico. Aquí los puntos de color rosado indican personas infectadas. Los puntos blancos indican personas no vacunadas y los puntos azules indican personas vacunadas. En este gráfico no hay diferencia entre jóvenes y ancianos, al igual que en el mundo real. Eh, los jóvenes pueden contagiar el COVID-19 con ah, la misma facilidad que las personas mayores. Al mirar la imagen de la izquierda, puede ver que cuando un porcentaje bajo de personas están vacunadas, hay muy pocas barreras para propagar la infección. Entonces, cuando un grupo de personas se infecta, como en el grupo de cuatro puntos rosados de la izquierda, la infección puede extenderse ampliamente a todas las personas no vacunadas alrededor de ese, ese grupo infectado y luego a todos los contactos de esas personas recién infectadas. Pero en la imagen del medio que representa una población con una alta tasa de vacunación, cuando alguien se infecta, casi no hay ningún lugar al que se pueda propagar la infección. En lugar de propagar olas de infección, un grupo de personas infectadas podría contagiar a una o dos personas como máximo. En este momento estamos en algún lugar entre estas dos imágenes. Pero queremos ser la imagen de la derecha porque este es nuestro objetivo, contener la enfermedad al reducir el número de personas que puedan propagarla. Es por eso que en California y en el condado de Los Ángeles pedimos a todos que continúen usando la mascarilla y practiquen el distanciamiento físico en interiores y alrededor de multitudes mientras trabajamos para aumentar nuestro porcentaje de vacunados del 44% a más, de, más cerca del 80% para que no terminemos con la situación que se ve en la imagen del medio. Y por eso es tan importante vacunar a su hijo. Cada niño también representa uno de los puntos en esta imagen. Y uno de estos puntos puede que sea el que, el, el que propague a, o contenga la infección. Entonces, para aquellas mamás y papás, abuelas y abuelos y tías y tíos que aún no han sido vacunados, por favor, eh, eh, miren lo que ya sabemos y a uh, lo que usted sabe de aquellos a su alrededor que ya están vacunados y únase al movimiento para poner fin a la pandemia y encuentre un lugar cerca de usted para ir a vacunarse. Le agradecemos de antemano su preocupación y su valor. Next slide, please. 
si tiene preguntas, participe en la próxima reunión eh, virtual que se realizará mañana por la noche eh, con la superintendiente del Departamento de Educación del Condado de Los Ángeles, la doctora Debra Eduardo y varios médicos. Puede ver la reunión en todos nuestros canales de redes sociales en LA Public Health y puede visitar el enlace en la parte inferior de este gráfico para hacer una pregunta con anticipación. And I see that we have no questions um, in Spanish, so we'll go ahead and move on to remarks in Armenian. Thank you. Varyor Bolori. Shnurakalutyun verahatskog solisin yev ambogh chverastukich horotin. Aisyor yez kskksem tharmatsumner COVID-19 debkeri hospitalatsman yev mahvan debkeri veraberyal. Inchpes naev tharmatsum patvastanyutha Los Angeles shojani ashkhatavayrer berelu hamar. Եվ նաև կկիսվեմ տեղակատվությամբ այն մասին, թե ինչպես ենք ներգրավում առողջապահական ծառայություններ մատուցող ընկերություններին և այլ գործ ընկերներին տաս երկուսից տասնյոտ տարեկան երեխաներին պատվասելու լոս անջելոս շրջանը։ Սկթարմացնեմ նաև լոս անջելոս շրջանի դիմակավորման ուղեցույցը, որը համապատասխանեցված է Կալիֆորնիանահանգի դիմակավորման ուղեցույցի հետ։ Ներկայ իրավիճակի վերաբերյալ։ Այսօր ցավով հայտնում ենք եվս 4 մահվան մասին։ Երկու անձը 80 տարեկանից բարձրեն, որոնցից երկուսնը լունեցել են ուղեկցող առողջական խնդիրներ։ Երկու անձը 65 տարեկանից 79-ն են եւ նույնպես երկուսնը լունեցել են ուղեկցող առողջական խնդիրներ։ Սա բերում է ընդհանուր մահերի թիվը 24097-ի Լոս Անջելոս շրջանում։ Այսօր մենք հայտնում ենք 161 նոր դեպքերի մասին եւ ընդհանուր Լոս Անջելոս շրջանի դրական դեպքերի թիվը կազմում է 1,237,561։ Այս դեպքերը ներառում են 53223 Long Beach քաղաքում մեր գործընկերների կողմից գրանցված դեպքեր, իսկ Pasadena քաղաքի կողմից գրանցված 11268 դեպքեր որոնք ունեն անկախ առողջապահական բաժանումներ։ Ներկայումս հոսպիտալացվել են 322 մարդ։ Ավելի քան 6.6 միլիոն մարդ տեսավորվել են եւ արդյունքները հաղորդվել են Լոս Անջելոս շրջան, որոնցից 17% դրական։ 2020 թվականի մարտի 1-ից միջև 2021 թվականի մայիսի 9-ը ցուցանիշները շարունակում են մնալ ցածր եւ կայուն։ Վերջին ամսվա ընթացքում մենք դեպքերի հոսպիտալացման եւ մահվան դեպքերի փոքր անկումներ ենք նկատել։ Եվ չնայած մեզ բոլորիս հանգստացրած այս ցածր թվերը Լոս Անջելոսում շարունակում են լինել COVID-19-ի փոխանցման, մասնավորապես նրանց մեջ ովքեր ամբողջովին պատվաստված չեն։ Այդ պատճառով միջև հունիսի 15-ը նահանգը կպահպանի ներկայիս դիմակների ուղեցույցները Եվ մենք նույնը կանենք Լոս Անջելոս շրջանում։ Սա նշանակում է, որ մեր ուղեցույցները մնում են համապատասխանեցված առողջապահության սպայի մայսի 3-ի հրամանագրին։ Կարևոր է նշել, որ նախորդ շաբաթ 
Սիդիսի հայտարերության նպատակ չունեին վերացնել անվտանգության ներկայիս պոխոխությունները տեղական և նահագային մակարդակներում, ինչպես մեր այժմ լսել ենք Սիդիսից, նրանք ընդհունում են տեղական պաշպանության մուտացյաների մեջ շրջանարությունը կանխելու համար, որոնք հագեցնում են մտահոգության նոր տարբերակների, կարևոր է մնում անել այն ամենը, ինչը մեն գիտենք, թե ինչպես անել պոխանցումը կանխելու դիմակավորումը, հերավորությունը և վարակի վերահսկումը շահնակում է մնալ կարևոր ռազմավարություն, բազմաթիվ բայրերում և գործողություններում։ Մենք այսքան հերոյենք հասել մի միանց մասին հոգտանելով և այս միջ մեծացնում ենք ամբողջության պատվաստված բնապջության թիվը։ Սա ներարում է դիվմակավորման հետևյալ խելամիտ պահանջները, որոնք ուժի մեջ են լոս անջելոսում, միջև մենք բարձասնենք պատվաստումների լոսանջոր շրջանը կհամապատասխանի նահանգի հետ շարնակելու դիմակավորելու պահանջները բոլորի համար ներքին և արտակին մեծ իրադարձություններում, հասարակական տրանսպորտում և առևտրական և բիզնեսի հասատությու Իսկ չպատվաստված մարդկանց համար դիմակները դրևս պահանջվում են դրսում, ծանկացած պահի և հերավորությունը հնարավոր չէ պահպանել։ Դրևս դիմակները չեն պահանջվում լիարժեք պատվաստված մարդկանց համար կամ մեկ ընտանիքից չպատվաստված մարդկանց առանց բարցը ռիսկային անձանց։ Նրանց համար, ովքեր դեր պատվաստված չեն, դիմակավորումը և հրավորությունը զգալի պաշպանություն են ապահովում և մենք կոչ են կանում շարունակել թե որն է ձեզ համար առավել իմաստալից։ Մեր առողջապահության սպայի հրամանը ուժի մեջը անբողջ նահանգում և մենք խնդրում ենք, որ բոլոր ձրնարկությունները, բնակիչները և այցրուները շարունակ են պահպանել անվտանգություն Շրջանային ձերնարկություններում դիմակավորման հերավորության և վարակի վրազգման անվտանգության միջացառումների համապատասխանության շատ բարցր տեմպեր և պատվաստված անձանձաջող 
թվերի շնորիվ մենք տեսել ենք բռնակումների անընդհատ ցածր թվեր մասնագիտական տարբեր ոլորտներում աշխատանքային տարածքների բռնակումների մեջ քանակը նվազել է շափատական գրեթե 200-ից այժմ շափատական 24-ին 88% անկում համաճարակային մակարդակը նույնպես ցածր է եղել առողջապահության վայրերում որտեղ աշխատողներից շատերը պատվաստվել են լոս անջելոսի առաջին աշխատողների շարքում դեռ հունվար ամսվա ընթացքում շափատական միջինը 172 բռնակումները նվազել են հասնելով 5-ի մայսի 9-15 ընկած ժամանակահատվածում ես կցանկանայ ձեզ տեղեկացնել լոս անջելոս բնակիչների պատվաստելու մեր ընդհանուր ջանքերի մասին մայսի 14-ի դրությամբ մենք իրականացրել ենք ավելի քան 9 միլիոն դեղաչափ պատվաստանյութ վարչաշրջանում դրանցից ավելի քան 5 ամբողջ 3 միլիոնը առաջին դեղաչափեր էին իսկ ավելի քան 3 ամբողջ 6 միլիոնը երկրորդ դեղաչափեր մայսի 14-ի դրությամբ 12-ից բարձր լոս անջելոսի բնակիչները 44%-ը ստացել են պատվաստանյութի երկրորդ դեղաչափ իսկ 58%-ը ստացել են առաջին դեղաչափ մենք շնորհակալ ենք բոլորից ովքեր արդեն ջանք են կորցադրել եւ պատվաստվել են եւ մասնավորապես ուզում եմ շնորհակալություն հայտնել այն բազմաթիվ ծնողների եւ դեռահասներին ովքեր այժմ ներկայումս պատվաստվում են շափատ օրը մեր օբրեգոն պարկի կայքում կային հայրավոր պատանիներ ովքեր հայտնվեցին իրենց առաջին դեղաչափերը ստանալու գիտեմ որ շատերի համար սա ծանր որոշում է եւ ես խրախոսում եմ նրանց ովքեր դեռվստաճ են երբ պատվաստվել զրուցել ձեր պատվաստված ընկերների եւ ընտանիքի հետ ախերի շատերը հիմնված են կեղս տեղեկությունների վրա որոնք լայնորեն շրջանառվում են սոցիալական լրատվամիջոցների միջոցով այդվում այն մասին որ պատվաստանյութերը կապված են անպտղության հետ կամ կարող են ուրիշներին հիվանդացնել սրանցից ոչ մեկը հնարավոր չէ այս պատվաստանյութերը չեն ազդում պտղաբերության վրա եւ ոչ ոք չի կարող հիվանդանալ ձեզանից քանի որ պատվաստվել եք այդ այս պատվաստանյութերում չկա կովիդ 19-ի վիրուս մահացած կամ կենթանի Եվ միջև մենք նշում ենք բոլորին, ովքեր պատվաստվել են, մենք տեսել ենք պատվաստվող մարդկանց թվի լուրջ նվազում։ Անցավ շափատ մայսի 8-ից 14 ընկած ժամանակահատվածում մենք ամբողջ վարչաշրջանում իրականացրել ենք ընդհանրը 369778 դեղաչափ։ 32% առաջին չափաբաժին մինչդեռ 530 1235 դեղաչափ 45% առաջին չափաբաժին ընդամենը երկու շափատ առաջ ապրիլի 24-ից 30-ը սա չի պարունակում դեղաչափեր որոնք կառավարվում են որոշ դեղատների եւ կլինիկաների կայքերում որոնք ուղղակիորեն համագործակցում են նահանգային հանրային առողջապահության բաժանմունքի հետ մենք հատկապես ուշադրություն ենք դարձնում պատանիների պատվաստումների մակարդակին քանի որ սա նոր իրավասու խումբ է մենք ուրախ ենք տեսնել որ անցալ շափատվա վերջին եւ հանգստյան օրերին 12-15 տարեկան դերահասների շրջանում մեծ մասնակցություն կա ուրբատ 
ուշ երեկոյան պատվաստվել են ավելի կան 15,700-12,15 տարեկան պատանիներ։ Դա այս խմբի պատվասման իրավասալության ընդհամեն է երկու որվա ընթացքունը։ Ես ինքս տեսա այս հանգստյան որերին, որ շապատ և գիրակի շատ ավելի պատանիներ պատվաստվել են պաստորեն հինք շապտից գիրակի ընկար ժամանակահատվածում։ Մենք նաև շատ ուրախին տեղեկացնել, որ 16-17 տարեկան պատանները շարնակում են պատվաստվել։ 95,535 դրահասներ այս տարիքային խմբում, որը կազում են 16-17 տարեկանների 38 տոքոսը ստացել են արնվազը մեկ տեղաճան։ Մենք ուշադրությունը � Այդ նպատակին հասնելու համար մենք շրջանի տարվեր վայրերում պատվաստանյութեր ենք առաջարգում։ Այս շապատ պատվաստանյութեր առաջարգող 755 կայտկա, այդ թվում տեղատներ, կլինիկաներ, համայնքային կայքեր Մենք ուզում ենք չապազանց հեջ դարսնել պատվաստանյութ ստանալը և դուք ապրում եք այս համայքներում։ Ներկայումս պատվաստանյութեր կարող են ձերկ բերել վարճաշրջանի կողմից խեկավարվող ութ կայքերում, � Հանդրում ենք ստուգել և այցել էլ vaccinatelacane.com կայքը ձեզ մոտակա գտնվող կայք գտնելու համար։ Մենք շարնակում ենք աջակցել պատվաստանյութերի լրացութիր շարջական թիմերին, որոնք պատվաստանյութերը տեղափոխում Այս թիմերը ստեղծել են ընթացի կամեն որակայքեր, պատվաստանյութերը զբոսանքի հիմունքներով ապահովելու համար հասարակական բայրիրում, իչպիսիք են մետրոյի կայարաններ, սնընդի շուկաներ և զբոսայգիները կարիք ունեցող ավելի ծանր տուժած տարացքներում։ Սնողները կարող են պատվաստել իրենց երեխաներին, մանկաբուժերի գրասենյակներում, տպրոցներում և համայնքային կենտրոններում, որտեղ նրանք հաճախ գիտեն և վստահու� պատվաստանյութը պուղանցելու համար և երբ ավելի տակ համիսներ են գալիս ընդլայննել ճանքերը պատանիների պատվաստումների համար այգիներում, ծերեկային ճամբարներում և այլ վայրերում, որտեղ նրանք ամարներն � գտնվող 43 տպրոցական շրջաններում։ Մեր 
Razmavarutuna is the only Yerkumas. Arachin and Nerarum at the Protagon, Kaiki, Pop, Polyknikaka, Kazmakerpo. Until Shapat is a Swiss Vetsilusana Garner, Mervatsun, the Protagon, Kaikerits make it, Vorta, Papa Clinic Nere, Patvastan Uter and Ramadrum, Irans, Harakits, Hamain Kneri Martkans. As Razmavarutuna, Yerkrot Masam, Nerarume, Arka, the Protagon Clinic Garner, Vorons. Covid Patvastanuter Matakara Matakara Los Angeles the Proti Bajamunko, who is Sunni Hajor Chapatvanit, Jain Timer Hartel, Avelikan, Yerkuhar, the Protagan Kaiker. The Protum Gorzo, Vatsun Yerku Klinikaneri, Utsun Yerku Tokos, but Nabuman's other resus Neri Postain Oderi match. Motkesa, but Nabuman Avak the Protum, Isktas Namek Tokos, Michin the Protum. As the Protagon Clinic Anerits does not an ergamus irakanasnumen, Covid does any patvastanu terge, give eight clinic anorum carovotuna tatambume orecan haurits, hincarit patvastum neri. Menkuzumex norakalsun hetnel patvastanu teri, as Michotarman unscats not the protsnerin, give Arochapakan hastatunerin, Mergere Haneri, Yevhamakneri, Ambutangutuna, Pahpanelu Gortum, events. Polor Jankeri Hamas. Laratsutich, Arnavaza, Tasjirku, the Protagan Shurjanerunka, Litsenzavorvats, the Protagan Bushkuir, Vorets Hankutune Heitnel Tramadrel, Patvasta Nutter. Arochapaitan Bajamunka, Activoren Nergravume, as the Protagan Shurjanere, Yevnerans Masnaktsuma, Pfizer, Covid Tasnina, Patvasta Nutter, Usanornerin, Inchpesnev Hamanknerin Tramadrelu Hamas. Arochapachan Bajamunki Antamnere, Mysitasnin, Tramadrum, Kurtakan, Gorzovutuner, Nerareal, Harta Patashan, Vorpes, Napasten, Hamaiki, Patvastan, Uteri, Veraberal, Cheskuri, Kevjamanakin, Terekatvutan, Yev Hasanelchan, Vorpisin, Danikner, Karuhanan, Harmara Vetoren, Andrel, Antaniki, and Tamneri Patvastelu, and Truchun. Menkusharnagin Kestatsnel, Pataneri, Pfizer, Patvastanutere. Menki Tankor, Mankabuzneri, Grasinagnere, Shatsun of Neri Hamar, Idensira Hanerin, Patvastelu, Nahontreli, Vairerne. Yemenk Oknuchan, Zerkenk Mekne, Los Angeles, Sujani, Mankabuzneri, Grasinagnerin. Oknelu Hanaravorina shattered in Tramadrel, Covid Tasnini Patvasta Nutere. Harudina Sumvets, Nahanga and Vurakavurvats are of Chapaka and Kentronel, Borokartan Patvasta Nutere and Tramadrum Los Angeles in Sazer Resus Neri Posta and Coderum, Menk Oknumek Masnavur, Pragdik Bishknerin and Kirkwell Petakan, Patvastum Neri Zeragrum. Lercheres has that velet as Irku Bishkakan Praxikai, Chors. An hetazukeli Hanamki Kentron, Yevchurs Patvastanut Kentron Ner, Yerehaneri Hamar, Yevchurs Sharjakan Patvastanuteri, Matakarner, Borong Patanineri Hamar, Stanumen, Covid Tasnin Patvastanute. Menkirakan Asmen, Vatsum Vetsleratutich Manka Bujakan Klinikaner, Yerehanerim Patvastanuteri Het Kapvats, Praktikae Terekatwutsun, Gnahatelu, Etar Krutuna, Aitelutuner, Katarelu Vairer, Yefusovenpur, Kahastatank, Leratutich, Klinikakan Kaiker, Vortak Antanik Nere Karoren, 
Ապացույցների շարունակում Առաջին պատասխանողների եւ առաջնագծի այլ աշխատողների մոտ վարակի կամ խարկելակման գործում։ 65 եւ ավելի մեծահասակների կատարված մեկ այլ հետազոտության ընթացքում ամբողջությամբ պատվաստվելը կանխեց COVID-19 պատճառով հոսպիտալացման 94%-ը։ Եվ երրորդ ուսումնասիրության մեջ, որը նկարագրում է Kentucky, Hanam Kitana, Virusain, Covid Tasnini, Tarbiraki, Nergravats, Chandranakum, Ambuchutan, Patvastelov, Achtoroshvats, Varaka, Utsunyot, Tokosov, Kurchatvets, Inchpes Benakichneri, and Peselashatovneri. Menkajaler Vatsank as Usunasirichnerov, Vorong Larats Numentegal Nedika Truk, Ankman Verabiral Merunachas de Valnera, and Antratehamaserum Katnagovneri Shajanum, Vortak Patvastumneri Mets Tempetka. Pats Patvastumneri Parcel Makarta Kunetsov Narak Chutan Nerkasnov Patkerum, Yerp inch for make a Varakume, Varaka Grete Chi Taratsum. Hertakan Varaki Alika Tarazelu Puharen, Varakvats Martkans Mihum, Karo Puhanswell Aravelaguina, Mekam Yerku Al Martkans. 
Այս պիսով այստեղ կալիվորնյան և լոս անջելոս շրջանում մենք խնդրում ենք, որ բոլոր շարնագեն դիմակ գրել և սոցիալական հերավորություն պահպանել, կանի որ մենք աշխատում ենք պատվաստվածների մեր տոգոսըքարոսունչոր մեզ սպասվող կաղաքապետարանից մեկում բաղը երեկոյան մեր լոս անջելոս տեսուչ դոքտոր դեպրա դուարդեի և տարբեր բրիշկների հետ և կարող եք դիտել լոս անջելոս հայանրային առողջության մեր սոցիալական լրատվամիջոցների �주말 보고로 지연이 있음을 알려드립니다. 오늘 4명의 추가 사망자가 보고되었습니다. 2명은 80세 이상이고 기저질환이 있었습니다. 2명은 65세에서 79세 사이고 기저질환이 있었습니다. 이로써 LA 카운티에서의 총 사망자 수는 24,097명입니다. 오늘 161명의 추가 확진자 케이스가 보고되었으며 이로써 LA 카운티에서의 총 확진 케이스 수는 137,561명입니다. 현재 COVID-19로 322명이 병원에 입원해 있습니다. 현재까지 660만 명이 테스트를 받았으며 누적 확진률은 17%로 감소하였습니다. 2020년 3월 1일부터 2021년 5월 9일까지 케이스 수와 입원자 수, 사망자 수를 비교해보면 케이스 수와 다른 수치들이 계속해서 낮은 수치로 안정적인 것을 볼수 있습니다. 지난 몇달 동안 케이스 수와 입원자 수, 사망자 수가 약간씩 감소하였습니다. 비록 수치는 낮지만 LA 카운티는 계속해서 완전히 백신 접종을 받지 않은 사람들 가운데 코비드19 확산이 있는 것을 보고 있습니다. 그러므로 주정부는 6월 15일까지 현재 마스크 사용 지침을 계속 따를 것이며 LA 카운티도 똑같이 할 것입니다. 그러므로 5월 3일자 보건 담당자 명령과 일치하게 계속 따를 것입니다. 지난주에 CDC에서 발표한 것은 주정부와 지역에서 현 안전 지침을 없앤다는 뜻이 아닙니다. 학교와 많은 직장 그리고 공공교통수단에서 지역 보호를 위해 지침을 바꾸지 않는 것이 중요하다는 뜻입니다. 증가하는 변형 바이러스를 막기 위해서 또 확산을 막기 위해 우리가 아는 모든 것을 하는 것은 매우 중요합니다. 레이 카운티의 거의 60%의 주민들이 아직 온전히 접종을 마치지 않았고 12세 이하 어린이들이 아직 백신 접종을 받을 수 없기 때문에 마스크 사용, 거리 두기, 감염 관리 지침을 여전히 많은 장소와 활동들에서 중요한 점이 될 것입니다. 어떤 사람이 백신을 받았는지 안 왔는지 보고 한 번에 알수 있는 방법이 없습니다. 그러므로 더 많은 주민들이 완전히 접종을 받을 때까지 계속해서 안전 지침을 따르는 것이 매우 중요합니다. 실내나 사람이 많은 야외 장소에서 많은 사람들이 아직 백신 접종을 받지 않았을 수 있기 때문에 쉽게 바이러스에 감염될 수, 확산될 수 있습니다. LA 카운티는 주정부와 함께 큰 실내나 야외 이벤트, 공공교통수단을 이용할 때 
또 모든 소매 상점과 사업장에서 6월 15일까지 마스크를 계속 사용할 것입니다. 카오시아 아래에 있는 작업장에서 마스크 사용과 거리 두기 요구 조건은 바뀌지 않았습니다. 그러므로 백신을 받지 않은 사람들은 거리 두기를 할수 없을 때 야외에서 언제나 마스크 사용을 하는 것이 요구됩니다. 완전히 백신 접종을 마친 사람들은 사람이 많이 없는 야외 공간이나 이벤트에서 우리가 백신 접종을 마친 사람들과 실내, 실내와 야외에서 만날 때 혹은 고위험자가 없는 한 가족에서 백신을 받지 않은 사람과 있을 때 마스크 사용하는 것이 요구되지 않습니다. 아직 백신을 접종받지 않은 사람들은 마스크 사용과 거리 두기가 큰 보호가 되므로 백신 접종을 받을 때까지 계속해서 마스크를 쓰도록 권고하고 있습니다. 면역력이 약한 사람들은 의료 전문가 팀과 상의하여 결정할 수 있을 것입니다. 보건 담당자 명령은 카운티 전체에 걸쳐서 효력이 있으므로 모든 사업체와 주민분들 또 방문객들은 요구되는 안전지침을 따르시기 바랍니다. 수주 내에 완전히 영업을 재개할 수 있도록 계속해서 확산률을 낮추기를 바랍니다. 학교와 데이케어, 숭배 장소들, 교도소, 음식시설 그리고 소방소에서 발병률이 모두 매우 낮고 안정적인 레벨입니다. 직장에서의 평균 방병, 발병률은 거의 일주일에 200건에서 이제는 24건으로 88% 감소하였습니다. 의료서비스 장소에서는 발병률은 계속해서 낮은 수치인데 LA 카운티에서의 첫 근로자들이 백신 접종을 받은 곳이기도 합니다. 1월에 평균 일주일에 172건의 발병률에서 5월 9일에서 15일까지는 단지 5개의 발병률로 감소하였습니다. 5월 14일까지 900만 명이 백신 접종을 받았으며 530만 명은 첫 번째 접종이었고 360만 명은 두 번째 접종이었습니다. 5월 14일까지 LA카운티에서 12세 이상 44%가 두번 백신을 받았고 58%는 첫 번째 백신을 받은 상태입니다. 백신을 받기 위해서 많은 부모님들과 청소년들이 노력해 주셔서 감사드리는 바입니다. 토요일에 알브레곤 파크 장소에서 일을 하였는데 수백만 명, 수백 명의 청소년들이 첫 번째 접종을 받기 위해서 왔습니다. 얼마는 무서워하였지만 지난해 못했던 활동들을 다시 하기 위해서 백신을 받게 되어 관심이 되었습니다. 많은 분들에게 매우 어려운 결정일 수도 있지만 이미 접종을 받은 친구들과 가족들과 이야기를 나눠보시기 바랍니다. 많은 경우에 이 두려움은 소셜미디어에서 돌아다니는 잘못된 정보에 의한 것일 수 있습니다. 백신이 불임이나 다른 사람을 아프게 할수 있다는 소문은 사실이 아닙니다. 백신은 백신을 접종받았기 때문에 임신에 영향을 미치거나 다른 사람을 아프게 할 수가 없습니다. 또한 이 백신들에는 죽었든 살았든 코비드19 바이러스가 들어있지 않습니다. 지난주에 5월 8일에서 14일 사이에 36만 9,778개의 백신이 접종되었는데 이중 32%는 첫 번째 접종이었습니다. 단지 2주 전인 4월 24일에서 30일 주간에는 53만 235개의 백신이 접종되었었는데 45%가 첫 번째 접종인 것을 보면 백신을 받는 사람들의 수가 많이 감소하였음을 볼수 있습니다. 이 수치는 연방정부와 직접 파트너한 몇 약국이나 클리닉 장소에서 
제공된 백신은 포함하지 않았습니다. 지난 금요일 밤까지 12세에서 15세 사이에 15,700명이 백신 접종을 받았는데 이 그룹이 백신 접종 자격이 생긴 지 이틀 동안 생긴 수치입니다. 8개의 카운티 운영 대규모 접종 장소에서는 목요일부터 일요일까지 12에서 15세 6,500명의 어린이들이 접종을 받았습니다. 또한 16세와 17세 연령층도 계속해서 백신 접종을 받고 있는데 95,356명의 청소년들 즉 38%가 적어도 한번 백신 접종을 받았습니다. 보건국의 지금 포커스는 LA 카운티 주민들이 백신 접종을 받기 쉽도록 하는 것인데 카운티 전체에 많은 다른 장소들에서 백신을 제공하고 있습니다. 이번 주에 약국과 클리닉, 커뮤니티 장소 그리고 병원을 포함한 755개의 장소들에서 백신을 제공하고 있습니다. 많은 장소들이 판다믹으로 타격이 큰 지역에 밀집해 있습니다. 현재 8개의 카운티 운영 장소들과 모든 LAC에서 운영하는 장소들, 또 모든 모빌 장소들, 그리고 많은 커뮤니티 장소들에서 예약 없이 백신을 받으실 수 있습니다. 많은 장소들이 주말과 저녁 시간에도 열기 때문에 vaccinatelacounty.com 웹사이트를 확인하셔서 가까운 장소를 찾으시기 바랍니다. 모빌 백신 접종팀은 매일 장소에서 워킹으로 백신을 제공하고 있는데 메트로 스테이션이나 음식 마켓, 공원과 같은 공공장소에 어, 장소에 있습니다. 지난주에 보건국 웹사이트에서는 모빌 백신팀이 여러분의 직장이나 사업체에 와서 접종을 할수 있도록 신청하는 링크를 보여드렸었는데 이제 백신 접종이 필요한 직장과 다른 백신 파트너들이 협력하도록 하는 일을 하고 있습니다. 이제 웹사이트에서는 보건국이나 많은 슈퍼마켓과 약국 체인점과 연결이 되어 직장이나 단체 스페셜 이벤트에 백신 접종을 받을 수 있도록 하고 있습니다. 백신ALACounty.com 웹사이트에서 핑크색 링크 Find a Vaccination Provider for Your Organization 버튼을 누르셔서 더 알아보실 수 있습니다. 부모님들은 보통 자녀들이 소아과나 학교, 커뮤니티 센터 등잘 알고 믿을 수 있는 의료 서비스 제공자에게서 백신을 접종받는 것에 적응되어 있습니다. 보건국의 목표는 이러한 장소들에서 코비드 백신을 더 많이 제공할 수 있도록 하는 것입니다. 이제 날씨가 따뜻해지면서 공원이나 제이캠프에서 여름을 보내면서 청소년들이 더 많이 백신을 받을 수 있도록 노력할 것입니다. 보건국은 LAUSD를 포함한 타격이 큰 커뮤니티에 있는 43개의 학교 디스트릭에서 팝업 클리닉을 세우는 것과 또한 현존하는 학교 내에 있는 클리닉을 코비드 백신 제공자로 지정하는 노력을 기울이고 있습니다. 다음 주부터 LAUSD는 200개의 학교 장소들의 모빌팀을 보내게 될 것입니다. 현존하는 62개의 학교 내 클리닉 중에 82%가 자원이 낮은 집코드에 위치해 있습니다. 절반은 고등학교이고 11%는 중학교에 있습니다. 학교 내 클리닉 18군데 중에 현재 코비드 백신을 접종하고 있으며 보통 평균 하루에 100개에서 500개의 접종을 하고 있습니다. 그에 더해 12개의 학교 디스트릭에서 라이센스가 있는 학교 간호사들이 백신 접종 제공에 관심을 나타내고 있으며 
DPH는 이러한 학교 디스트릭과 협력하여 화이저 백신을 학생들에게 제공하기 위해 노력하고 있습니다. 또한 LA 카운티와 LA 시티 파크 앤 레크리에이션 보이스 앤 걸스 클럽 알라이언스 YMCA와 함께 협력하여 백신에 대해 가족들을 교육하고 백신을 제공하기 위해 노력하고 있습니다. 예를 들어 이번 주에 Heart of LA와 캔드란이 함께 협력하여 백신 접종 이벤트를 열었습니다. DPH 멤버들은 또한 5월 19일에 Q&A를 포함한 교육적 활동 역시 제공하고 있습니다. 196개의 연방적으로 자격이 되는 헬스센터에 더해 개인 의료인들이 주정부 연방 백신 접종 프로그램에 등록할 수 있도록 돕고 있습니다. 최근에 12개의 의료 서비스, 4개의 응급시설, 4개의 어린이들의 장소, 4개의 모빌 백신 접종자들이 청소년들에게 코비드 백신을 제공하도록 허가되었습니다. 학생들은 청소년들이 코비드 백신에 대해 가르쳐주고 동기를 부여하는 데 중요한 영향을 미치는 것 같습니다. 보건국에서 Parents and Students Public Health Ambassador Program은 LA 카운티의 학교 디스트릭과 협력하여 학교 커뮤니티 내에서 활동적으로 참여하도록 노력하고 있습니다. 이 프로그램의 일부로서 300명의 부모님들이 코비드 확산을 막는 방법과 관련된 교육적인 세션을 마쳤으며 128명의 학생 대사들이 함께 초등학교와 중학교, 고등학교 학생들을 위한 비디오를 만들었습니다. 이 대사들 중에 일부는 현재 청소년들이 백신을 받도록 격려하는 비디오도 만들고 있습니다. 모든 대사들은 백신에 대해 교육을 받았고 이들, 이들이 자신의 친구들과 커뮤니티에 배운 것들을 나누어 주기를 바라고 있습니다. 이 비디오들은 보건국 유튜브 채널에서 곧 보실 수 있을 것입니다. 18세 이하의 청소년들이 백신을 받기 위해서는 부모의 동의서가 꼭 필요하다는 점을 기억하시기 바랍니다. 그러므로 백신 장소에 갈때 사인이 된 동의서를 함께 보내거나 청소년과 함께 백신 장소에 오셔야 합니다. 청소년은 나이를 증명하는 서류가 필요한데 학교 아이디 카드나 다른 서류에서 생년월일이 기재되어 있다면 가져오실 수 있습니다. 현재 화이즈 백신만이 허가되어 있으므로 이 백신을 제공하는 장소로 가셔야 합니다. 백신의 lacounty.com 웹사이트에 가셔서 Before You Begin을 누르시면 12세에서 17세를 위한 중요한 정보 섹션을 보시면 화이저 장소를 찾는 방법 등 많은 질문에 대한 대답을 찾으실 수 있습니다. 올해 2월부터 3월까지 전국적으로 실행된 설문조사에 의하면 부모들은 자신의 자녀 11에서 18세 연령층이 백신 접종을 받게 할 것인지에 대한 질문을 받았습니다. 백신 접종을 받은 부모들 중에 라틴 계열 부모 88%는 자신의 청소년 자녀들이 백신을 받도록 하겠다고 대답했고 동양인 부모는 81%, 백인 부모는 78%, 흑인 부모는 61%가 동의하였습니다. 이 결과를 더 자세히 살펴보았을 때 많은 부모들은 자녀들이 백신을 받도록 결정하기 전에 기다려보고자 한다고 대답을 하였습니다. 이 설문조사는 거의 두달 전에 시행되었던 것이었습니다. 우리는 이제 백신이 얼마나 팬데믹을 바꾸었고 LA 카운티에서 사업체나 병원, 커뮤니티에서 백신이 안전하고 효과적이라는 증거들을 많이 보아왔습니다. 
또한 어린이들의 면역력이 커뮤니티의 다른 사람들 역시 보호할 수 있다는 것을 알기 때문에 청소년들에게도 이제 백신을 제공할 수 있게 되어 안심이 듭니다. 코비드 백신이 비교적 새롭기 때문에 백신의 효과성을 최신 연구를 계속해서 확인하고 있습니다. 이 연구들은 실제 전역에서 일어나고 있는 상황과 클리닉 실험에서 얻은 데이터들을 비교하고 있습니다. 이 증거들은 백신들이 안전하고 효과적이다는 것을 계속 증명하고 있습니다. 3월과 4월에 발표된 CDC의 세계의 최신 연구를 언급하고 싶은데 하나는 파이저와 모더나 백신이 완전히 백신 접종을 마친 의료서비스 종사자, 응급대응자, 그리고 최초 대응자의 감염을 막는데 90% 효과적이라는 것입니다. 또 다른 연구에서는 65세 이상의 성인들 중에 완전히 백신 접종을 마쳤을 때 COVID-19로 인해 병원에 입원하는 률이 94% 막아준다는 것입니다. 세 번째 연구에서는 켄터키에 있는 케어홈에서 변형 바이러스 발병을 언급하면서 완전히 백신 접종을 마친 거주민과 직원 중에 증상 감염을 87%나 낮추었다는 것입니다. 이러한 연구조사들은 백신 접종률이 높은 직장에서 케이스 수가 현저히 줄어든다는 것을 확실하게 해줍니다. 어떤 부모들은 아마도 내 자녀들은 그렇게 아플 일이 없기 때문에 백신이 중요하지 않다고 생각하실 수 있습니다. 어른들에 비해 아이들이 COVID-19로 심각한 질병에 걸릴 확률이 낮은 것은 사실입니다. 하지만 이들이 백신을 받아야 할 중요한 이유가 더 있습니다. COVID-19를 확산시키는 것을 막기 위해서입니다. 젊은 사람이나 노인이나 COVID-19를 확산시키는 데 있어서 별 차이가 없습니다. 그러므로 무리의 사람들이 감염이 되면 그 주위에 백신을 받지 않는 사람들에게 확산이 되고 또한 새로 감염된 사람들이 접촉한 사람들에게로 또 확산이 됩니다. 하지만 백신 접종률이 높은 사람들 가운데서는 감염이 확산될 곳이 없습니다. 그러므로 지금 우리가 하는 것은 확산할 사람 수를 줄임으로 이 질병을 잡는 것입니다. 그러므로 LA, 캘리포니아와 LA 카운티에서 우리는 모든 사람이 실내와 무리 가운데 있을 때 계속해서 마스크를 쓰고 거리 두기 지침을 따름으로 백신율을 44%에서 80%가 될 때까지 그렇게 할 것입니다. 그러므로 청소년들이 백신 접종을 받을 때 커뮤니티 전체가 유익을 받을 수 있습니다. 각 청소년들은 자신이 감염을 퍼뜨리거나 가두는 일을 하게 될 것입니다. 그러므로 아직 백신 접종 받지 않은 모든 분들이 지금까지 아는 것이 무엇이고 또 이미 백신을 받은 주위의 사람들로부터 알게 된 것이 무엇인지 보고 백신을 받기 편안한 장소에 가셔서 팬데믹을 끝나는 이 활동에 함께 하시기 바랍니다. 많은 분들이 여전히 많은 질문이 있을 것입니다. 여러 의사들과 LA 카운티 슈퍼인텐트 닥터 데브라 두알도와 함께 내일 저녁에 타운홀 미팅에 참석하시길 초대하는 바입니다. LA 보건국 소셜미디어 채널에서 타운홀 미팅을 시청하실 수 있고 미리 질문도 하실 수 있습니다. 감사합니다. Next remarks in Mandarin. Thank you. Thank you. 索尼斯女士和全体都查委员会我们在接种新冠疫苗和保护洛杉矶居民所取得的进步是你们不断努力的结果你们的不停的努力才得以让我们一直保持新增的
新冠病例在低位数，并且让接种的人数不断增加。今天我要同大家分享新冠病例的新增数、住院人数及死亡人数，以及我们在当新冠疫苗接种进入工作场所所做的努力。同时，我也会同大家分享我们如何与洛阳各医务团体及。其他医疗服务团体一到为十二岁到十七岁之间的孩童提供疫苗接种的努力。同时，我会为为大家更新与州指导跟进的现有关的佩戴口罩方面的规定。首先，按我为大家更新每日数据。当然，今天的数据会因为周末的缘故有所延迟。现阶段的状况，今天很不幸。我们又有四例新冠病例去世，其中两人的年龄超过八十岁，都患有其他疾病；两人的年龄是在六十五岁到七十九岁之间，都患有其他疾病。这样，洛县总的人因新冠病毒去世的人就达到了两万四千零九十七例。我们在这为那些失去亲人和朋友的人们送去我们的祝福。万幸的是，每日死亡人数保持在极低的状况。今天，洛县总共新添一百六十一例新冠病例，这样洛县总共的新冠病例就达到了一百二十三万七千五百六十一例，其中五万三千两百二十三例是来自长滩市，一万一千两百六十八例来自帕萨迪纳市。两市都有自己的独立的公共卫生系统。现在，洛县总共有三百二十二例住在医院。总计，我们洛县公共卫生局已经对五百五千一百五十例住在或非住在机构进行了调查。这些地方至少有一例因新冠病毒而住院。其中四十一处仍在调查中，五千一百零九例已结束调查。到今天为止，已有六百六十万洛县人已进行了新冠病毒测试，并上报了测试结果，累计成阳率下降了一个百分比，达到了百分之十七。新冠病例死亡人数及住院人数的趋势，从三月一号到五月九号。新冠病例和其他相关数据都保持在低位。过去的一个月，新冠病例的增加数、住院人数或死亡人数又有所下降。有有关人需佩戴口罩和保持社交距离的方面的要求。我们知道，尽管现在相关的新冠数据非常低，但洛县内仍有传播。尤其是那些没有接种的人之间，正因为如此，州政府会一直要求公众佩戴口罩，直到六月十五号。洛县会与州政府的要求保持一致，即会按照五月三号的颁布的居家令来执行。关键的一点是，上星期的 CDC 在上星期的公布中。并没有要求当地政府或州政府取消现有的安全指南，而 CDC 相应的强调，当地政府十分的有必要保持现有的防疫措施，包括学校、多个工作场地
及公共交通点。为了预防新冠变种的传播，我们有必要采取一切我们所知道的措施来预防新冠病毒传播。洛县仍有近百分之六十的居民及十二岁以下的全部孩童尚未完全接种。佩戴口罩，保持社交距离。以及其他防控措施，因此来得十分重要。我们既不能当面知道对方是否已经接种，那么为了相互保护，结束这一波疫情，我们必须要遵守相关的防疫规定。这样，我们就可以不断的增加接种疫苗的同时，保持新冠病例的持续降低。包括一直佩戴口罩，要知道它。无论在室内还是在拥挤的室外，仍有很多人尚未接种新冠疫苗，从而会造成病毒的传播。洛县会与州政府一道，在六月十五号之前要求大家佩戴口罩，无论是在室内聚会还是在室外聚会，还是在公共交通上以及在各个零售地点。加州的工作场所安全条例以及规定各个工作场所的口罩及距离的要求。对尚未接种的一些居民，在室外活动不能保持社交距离时，都需要佩戴口罩。无论室内还是室外，当多个家庭人员相聚，而且没有一个家庭成员上述高风险人群时，则对已完成完全接种的人群没有佩戴口罩的必要。哎。而对那些尚未接种的人群，佩戴口罩仍然十分有必要；而对免疫系统受损的人群，则需要先问问他们的医生。我们的居家令仍在全县范围内适应。我们要求所有的企业、居民以及来访者遵守居家令相关规定。我们希望一直保持传播率在低位，直到几星期后，在我们全县。实现重启。医疗系统内的爆发趋势，非医疗系统内的爆发趋势。感谢洛县各企业为佩戴口罩、保持社交距离以及各种防御控制所做的一切。而且，随着越来越多的人的接种，我们在各行各业都完整的、完全的证实了越来越多的爆发在不断的下降，在学校。以及看护紧急看护中心、短期住所，还有其他的教改中心、食品服务中心、消防部门，我们所见证的爆发数都呈现前所未有的低位。工作场所的爆发数从每周的220例，这是高峰期，降到了目前的每周的24例，相当于 88% 的降低。医护部门的爆发趋势，在医护部门，其爆发数仍然保持低位，而医护部门是最先接种疫苗的一批人群。在一月份，每星期的爆发数为一百七十二例，这一数据下降到了五月份的五月九号的十到十五号之间的一个星期的五例。疫苗接种方面的更新。五月十四号，总计有九百万洛杉矶居民已接受了疫苗，其中
五百三十万是第一季，三百六十万为第二季。到五月十四号，百分之四十四的诺县十二岁以上的居民已接种了第二季，而百分之五十八的已接种了第一季。我在这里要感谢每个已接种疫苗的居民，尤其是那些带着青少年去接种的父母。父母在星期六，我在 O'Brien。公园工作看到了成百的青少年去接种第一剂，我知道他们中间有人害怕过，但最终还是决定去做过去一年错过的一些活动。我知道对很多人来说，这并非一个容易容易的决定。我建议那些尚在犹豫是否接种疫苗的朋友，与那些已经接种的朋友去交谈一下，并了解一些接种后的情况。很多犹豫和害怕都是来自于那些社交媒体的一些传播，关于疫苗会造成死亡等等，还造成接种者生病等等，这些都是不对的。疫苗并不会造成死亡，接种者也不会造成他人生病。这些疫苗中没有新冠病毒，死的活的都没有。接种的趋势，尽管我们很高兴看到越来越多的接种。医院的多的人接种新冠疫苗，但我们注意到每接种的人的数量在下降。上星期从五月八号到十四号，我们接种了三十六万九千七百七十八剂，其中百分之三十二的为第一剂。这与两星期之前相比，即四月二十四号到三十号的五十三万零两百三十五剂相比，下降了不少。这些数据不包括联邦系统统筹的药店和诊所所接种的疫苗。十二岁到十五岁以及十六岁到十七岁的青少年的疫苗接种情况，我们尤其注意到了青少年的接种比率，因为这是一群刚刚列入接种的人群。我们很高兴的看到，上星期有相当大的一部分十五到十十二到十五岁的青少年前来接种。截止上星期五晚上，总共有一万五千七百个十二岁到十五岁之间的青少年来接种。这只是在这种人在列入接种人群的两天之后的接种数量。因为我在星期六或星期天在包板接种点工作，见证了更多的青少年前去接种。从星期四到星期天，前线八个接种点为总计六百五十个孩童接种了疫苗。同时，十六到十七岁年龄组也保持了良好的接种率。这个年龄组有九万五千三百五十六个，相当于百分之三十八的青少年已接种了至少第一剂。诺县内的接种点，我们更着重于让诺县居民更容易接种。为了这一目标，我们在努力在前线范围内提供各种不同的接种点。前线的五百上七百五十五个接种点中，药店、诊所、社区购物场所以及医院。另外，县政府还提供了八个洛县和洛市所管理的接种点，还有众多移动接种点、社区点等，都不需要预约。很多接种点周末也开放，甚至一致。延伸到晚上，相关的资料你可以
上 fastnetlacounty.com 查找第附近的接种点。移动接种点，我们一直致力于提供更多的移动接种点，每天在公共汽车站、食品采购以及公园都有移动接种点。你在这里不需要预约。我们全县总共有一百八十八个移动接种点，为你的工作场所送去接种服务。上星期我公布了申请接种到工作场地的申请网站，现在我们拓展了我们的服务，不仅可以让接种点去工作场地，而且可以与其他提供接种的社区团体联系。你可以联系我们，找到你附近很多可以为你。工作的场所，提供送门服务的超市、药店，你可以进入 vaccinatelacounty.com， 然后到粉红色的链接 ，find the vaccination provider for your organization。即粉红色的链接上面是找到为你的团体找到接种的提供人。社区应参与与青少年的接种。父母可能习惯在儿科医生学校及社区中心为他们的孩子接种，因为他们了解并相信这些地方。我们的目标是最大限度的提供这些地方的接种能力。随着天气越来越热，我们准备在公园、假日营地及其他青少年光顾的地方提供接种。我们在与受疫情况影响严重地区中的四十三个学区合作，包括诺市学区，这分两步走：第一是在学校安排接种；第二步是同现有的医院系统合作。下星期，诺市学区打算派出两百个移动接种点到各学校提供接种服务。诺县诺诺市所拥有的六十二所的百分之八十二的学校位于低资源地区，其一其中一是高中，百分之十一的属于中学，已有百十八所学区诊所已开始接种 COVID 疫苗，这些诊所每天接种的能力从一百剂到五百剂不等，我们要感谢这些地方的工作人员。另外还有十二个学区已经有新接种新冠疫苗的，已经有幸给有兴趣接种新冠疫苗的护士提供授权。公共卫生局也为这些学区提供了支持，让他们为学生提供 Pfizer 及辉瑞新冠疫苗的疫苗注射。让更多儿科诊所参与新冠疫苗的接种。我们知道，儿科医生是大多数父母为他们的孩子接种的首选，所以我们现在正与诺县的很多儿科诊所联系，来帮他们提供更多的孩童接种服务。
。除了洛县内一百九十六个联邦注资的中心在低资源地区提供服务外，我们也在帮助一些私有的诊所加入到州联邦疫苗接种计划中。最近有十二个医院、四个护士中心、四个孩童接种中心以及四个。移动接种中心已通过了审核，可以为孩童接种了。同时，我们还在与六十六个大型孩童诊所联系，以便提供现场接种，并且也可以为那些熟悉这些诊所的家庭提供全家疫苗接种。学生大使，学生本身是最有力来说服其他年轻人来帮助预防传播以及接种疫苗的力量。我们建立的学生公共卫生大使正与各学区一起来参加各学区的防疫及接种活动。在这一计划中，已有三百个学生完成了相关新冠病毒预防的教程，有一百二十八个学生大使一起制造了视频，为小学、中学及高中制定。有一部分学生大使正在编制一份视频，致力于让青少年接种。这些视频很快就会上传到 YouTube 及油管。我们期待由这些青少年制作的视频。青少年应带上什么文件去接种点？青少年去接种之前一定要记住：如果你的孩子小于十八岁，则你需要在同意书上签字。你要么打印并签名同意书，要么陪同他们去接种点。同时，他们也需要带上一些证明他们身份的文件。现在只有 Pfizer 及辉瑞疫苗才能提供给你的青青少年的孩童。准备与你的家庭的青少年接种，你可以上网 vaccinatelacounty.com， 点击 Before You Begin， 在你开始之前的链接，你就会看到。Important information for 12 to 17 years old. 及给十二到十七岁接种的非常重要的信息。你可以在这里找到很多的答案，同时也会找到如何找到辉瑞疫苗接种点。父母要回答的一些问题，在二月到三月份，在全美范围内对。已接种新冠疫苗的父母进行了抽样调查。回答这些父母，回答这些抽样调查的父母，让他们对自己的十一岁到十八岁之间的孩童接种新冠疫苗的所持有的态度。他们中间表示很愿意或者有些意愿意让他们的孩童接种的比率为以下。其中，拉丁裔的父母占百分之八十八，亚裔的父母占百分之八十一，白人的父母占百分之七十八，黑人的父母占百分之六十一。尽管可以看到，以上的数据说明，四分之三的父母愿意或者是很愿意让自己的孩童去接种，但我们也理解为什么一些父母仍犹豫不决。更深一的理解是，很多父母都是抱着等一等的心态。这上面的调查在两个月之前完成，之后我们见证了疫苗给疫情带来的巨大的变化。国内国外，洛杉矶县的企业、医院及社区学者及各项数据都证实疫苗的有效性
我们知道，孩童的免疫会帮助社区的防御。新冠疫苗的安全性和有效性，我们知道，新冠疫苗的相对一些新一些小孩我们在不断的对现有的资料进行分析，分析疫苗的有效性。这些分析对实际中发生的相对比临床试验的资料来做对比。越来越多的数据证明了疫苗的安全性和有效性。在这里，我要提出来的是 ，CDC 的有三个研究结果，三月份或四月份公布出来的。其中第一个研究结果是 Pfizer 和 Moderna 疫苗的有效性达 90% 资料来源于医务人员、第一急救人员以及其他前沿工作的人员。另一个是针对六十五岁以上的长者进行研究的结果，表明这些长者接种后会减少百分之九十四的住院机会。第三个研究是针对肯塔基护理中心一些新冠变异爆发数据的研究，完全接种将会减少居住人员及护工的感染率达百分之八十七。为什么需要更多的疫苗接种呢？有些父母可能认为我的孩子没有必要去接种，因为我的孩子不太可能生重病。当然，这也有可能是对的。孩童孩童得新冠重症的可能性非常低，但另一个因素是让你的孩童去接种的原因，即病毒的传播。我们的资料显示，年轻人与成年人是一样都会传播病毒的。我们的资料也显示，当很少的人接种时，阻止病毒的传播的障碍会非常少。所以，有一群人受感染时，周围的所有未接种的人都会被感染。但当接种的人群变多时，如果一个人受感染，那么他几乎不可能感染周围的人。现阶段我们正处在上述两种情况之间，我们要达到的目标是：如果一个人感染，那他或者他将无法传染给其他人，这就是我们的目标。所以现阶段的落线，我们要求大家还要佩戴口罩，保持社交距离，室内或室外人群聚时，一定要佩戴口罩，保持社交距离。直到我们将接种的人群从现在的百分之四十四提高到百分之八十，这样才能避免没有疫苗的时候的最严重的情况的出现。这就是为什么青少年的接种如此重要，因为他们是社会的一员，他们的接种可以将他们从病毒的传播者变成病毒的阻止者。对那些爸爸妈妈、爷爷奶奶、姑姑和姑父，请看看你们周围的那些已接种疫苗的朋友。尽快参与到接种疫苗的大军中，我们感谢你对社区的感受的爱以及接受疫苗的勇气。This concludes for today. Thank you. This episode of LA Public Health was produced by the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. Our department is nationally accredited by the Public Health Accreditation Board and is committed to protecting and improving the health of over 10 million residents in Los Angeles County. 
For more information about DPH programs and services, visit publichealth.lacounty.gov and follow us on social media at LA Public Health. My name is Steve Baldwin, and you've been listening to the LA Public Health Podcast.